This is Andrew McLean, creator of Headlopper and Apocalyptic Girl. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. It was hot as balls out there. Oh, it was hot as balls. <laughs> it was. I hate it when you just like casually walk and you feel that drip on your back. It's nasty. And someone will put their hand on your back. Hey, what's up? This is the times when I hate that I gotta wear like some jackets and stuff. I don't blame you. My body's just like. Like I look like I look like I'm put together. I have to check and turn on, but on, right directly under that is a, such a disgusting layer of coated, sweaty skin. It's just, you think you'd have that Tony Stark cooling system going with all your mega bucks, right? I'm a hardworking man. I don't. I work for a living, man. I'm just trying to make ends. Do you have a man? That's trying to get me, son. I can make your end meat. Mm. Trying to get enough for groceries. Stocking going on. Nice. Need some groceries in the in the in the cupboard. I need some crackers. Need some crackers. Need some some cheese. <laughs> some shrimp. Some shrimps. Shrimps. <laughs> some scrimpies. Oh my! Hey everybody! It's eleven o'clock comics episode four hundred and twenty nine. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. You sounded tired tonight too. You got to. Sound like a man's working hard this week because uh, talking to him or me, uh, him. Yes, uh, very, very... I am, of course, the third most famous student at Hogwarts. I'm Neville Longbottom. <laughs> that was called. Let me find my notes. I'm sitting here with a beer in one hand and the mouse in the other. Butter beer. beard. You are not Neville. Mm-mm. You're Jason Woo. Everybody's together again. This is awesome. And you don't have to put on that funky hat to get cheap. I don't even know what the hat's called. (laughs) The sorting hat. You don't have to put the sorting hat on to get cheap comics and paraphernalia. All you have to do is fire up your internet browsing device and go to dcbservice.com. That's D-C-B as in boy, service.com, and you can get Everything your heart's desired for not a whole lot of money. Such as, from DC, It's the Young Animal, the very first book in the imprint. It's the Doom Patrol, number one, a mature reader's title. This has me excited. Yes. Gerard Way is writing it. Love it. Nick Darrington is drawing it. And you can get it for 75% off. Mm -hmm. 99 cent. It's like 1983 all over again. Four to seven. Right. From Image, Headlopper, Volume 1, Andrew McLean's great series. This one is called Island or a Plague of Beasts. And it's a monster-sized trade. You know that the Headlopper issues were thicker. Because yeah, they're, they quarter- they're quarterly. So you're getting issues one to four, 280 pages for $9.99. That's 50% off. And last but not least... Triple dip. Arguably the greatest living cartoonist in the medium, Jaime Hernandez, and his his brother, I don't know, it's not that much of a stretch, 
and his brother, Gilbert, are doing it again, comic size this time, renumbering Love and Rockets, starting from number one. Fanographics, of course, cover price three ninety nine. Your price one dollar ninety nine cents. That's fifty percent off. DCBService.com. Do not mind late orders or order editions. And guess what? You don't have to put a whole lot of effort into it. You get your books delivered right to your door. What could be easier? Not much. Not much. DCBService.com. Do you, do you know I still haven't gone for previews yet? Yep. Same here. Oh. Mine's been done like day two. No, I'm always like that, and because we were away, it's yeah. thrown off my schedule, so I just keep forgetting that I haven't already looked at it, because it's like halfway through the month. But how many times did I amend my order and change it since I did it? Maybe five times. I, I uh, never changed my order. Yeah, I dropped Savage Dragon. What? Wow. Wow. End of an era. That is I'm done. massive. It's, it's not worth $2 and whatever. He, cause Eric has Savage Dragon at $3.99. Todd has kept Spawn at $2.99. Oh shit. It's not worth it to me. If it was, um, comparable to Savage Dragon, if it was in the $2.99, you know, $3, uh, $3.50 range, okay, it's not worth. Oh lord. So. I I have a 200 and whatever issue run, one to the current yeah, issue. Yeah, it's not complete, that's, but that's it's all good. Not, don't worry about it. That, I don't care about the complete. I'm fitty. I don't care. The uh I am I'm mostly through up to the um the the DC section of previews. So yeah, I'm not even halfway into the book yet. Many uh good trades this month from DC. Nice, that's what I like to hear. The swamp thing thing with Len Wein and Kelly Jones that they just did. Haven't looked at it, bro. Yes. yes. Alright. Ordered it. Of course you did it. Yeah, so what do we got? I have a thank you. I have a thank you. I maybe do too, I don't know. I think I have the same thank you as David. Okay. Yeah, I think you might. Yeah, I would like to thank Josh Ginter. Oh, there we go. Yes, indeed. Because I did receive Creature in Hand and the Origin with a A. Origin, yeah. Of, of Hand. My Origin book has a Frank Zappa on the inside front cover. Mine doesn't. What does yours have? Mine has Kermit the Green Lantern. Oh, oh that's neat. It is awesome. I'll take a picture of it. I absolutely love the design of the books. She oh, yeah. That is fucking awesome. And my man's art style is pretty fucking sweet. It's tight, right? This, yeah, yeah, it is. It's just beyond, you know, I know. Everybody listens to Jason and they get on it when, when he talks about something. But if you were on pause or just, yeah, you know, maybe I'll, do, no, just get, get these books. Mm-hmm. Hit up Josh, get these books, follow the instructions on the back cover of Creature in Hand so you're not spoiled when you open up. True, to true. That's the inside cover, but it is, uh, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it, if the art alone, was that would be the great selling feature right there but but the fact that it's you get to actually do some work and and flip things out and around and yeah no it's absolutely it it's fantastic stuff thank you so much josh it's astounding it is it's what it is yeah it's nice yeah. right for real i uh, want to send a, just a quick shout out to our slightly uh slightly mentally challenged uh uh spirit brothers in the podcasting world Oh, you're talking about... Okay, go ahead. 
our our brothers at No Apologies. <laughs> I knew just, it. Just uh, celebrated their 250th episode. Damn. Wow, very happy. nice. So much love to uh, to all the boys over there. You got obviously Daryl, the king, the king of all podcast media. You got Chris Kazicki. You got Chris Campbell. You got our man Raf Sands. You got our man Gil Cologne. You got our and man Walt Castro. Phones. All them phones. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, so, uh, much love to those boys. What is the second phone for? <laughs> he's just, hey, he's, he's a mover and a shaker. He's phone. got shit. They always do a drug dealer, but I said that, uh, he proved in episode 250 that he can't actually be a drug dealer because he has both of his phones on Verizon. And I said any, any, any yeah. drug dealer would never have both of his phones on the same network. No, yeah. Because if they get a wiretap, it's much easier to go to one phone company to get a wiretap than than two. So, I thought Kazeki was my boy, but he's busting my balls about Adam Sandler. Well, well I mean, listen, I can't we're your boys, and we bust I can't have your brothers, and we give you the grief. Yeah, you're just teasing. You don't actually believe it. No, I do believe it. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I think Sandler movies are like stop. After, Move on. After fucking stop. No more. That was it. It was over for him. Rain of Fire wasn't bad. Uh, let's let's talk let's some comics. Or why would we talk Irish about what, yeah. what we're what, what are we drinking? Yeah. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? What's your drink? I'm drinking Yingling. It's, oh. it's yeah. I'm about to be drinking Yingling. Okay, but right now you're drinking some kind of sparkly H two O beverage. No, right now I'm drinking Miller Light. Oh <laughs> like I said, water yeah. beverage. I don't understand why you guys give Miller Light grief. It's it's awesome. It's not. <laughs> It's the Adam Sandler beer. It's, well, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of in a rock and a hard place here because I agree with you. I'm either acknowledging that Miller Lite is shit, which it isn't. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that Adam Sandler's awesome, which he's not. Right. See how I manipulated you? Slick. Very good. I'm slick. <laughs> drinking DAPZ. Uh, some DMB. This is, uh, this is the Dreaming Tree. Uh, crush the California red blend wine from, um, from Dave Matthews and, uh, and friends. Alright. Huh. That's cool. It is so tasty. Yeah. Respect. I want to serve us up a little appetizer before we get into this. Mm. Oh, nice. Alright. Because if I went into detail of all the things that are in this magazine, it would be the entire episode right there. Uh, we, I mean, why don't we just go that way? No. Dap and I'll just sit here. We'll just listen. That, see, that's not acceptable. I read the entirety of back issue number 90. I did not read the entirety. It was recently it released. Was. Of course, you know, when you, tomorrows.com. This issue, Jason, you're going to be riding the, the shrimp boat to Tuna Town on this because it is focusing on the 80s ladies. Oh, screams. Yeah, cover price is eight ninety five, but this is the awesome part. If you get the digital download, right. it's the exact same thing as the print version, but it's three dollars and ninety five cents. That's an exceptional value. It's a lot easier to handle, I think, digitally because it's yeah. it's, it's a slightly oversized magazine as far as dimensions go. I mean, it is mm-hmm. thick, it's stapled, but it's it's larger physically than uh, than your time. Or, or or your people's magazine. It's so it's well, yeah. I, I think and it fits real nice on the screen. See, I don't have a problem with the digital of stuff like Back Issue and Alter Ego because I consume them 
for the information, uh-huh. not necessarily the visuals. Yeah. It's you know it's not a comic, but it is about. Look at you qualifying shit. It's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Um, it it starts off with a flashback on Electra Assassin by uh, Christopher La Rochelle, and it's it's a very worthy read. It's a long read because you get a commentary by Miller and Sinkevich. And they devote equal time to John Garrett as well as Electra, which is really neat because it's not all about her if you've read that series. You get some original pages and sketches by Sinkevich. And one of the things I had a laugh, they, they asked Sinkevich if, um, if any comics come to mind that he believes will change the industry as much as Electra Assassin did. And I gotta, I gotta shoot straight. Electra Assassin was a sea change. It, it was pretty much, I don't want to say paradigm shift because he says it in that, in what he's about to say, but it was. After Electra Assassin, I guess a lot of peeps took a look at that and said, wow, we can actually do this now because it's not just black or not black. We can go crazy. And, uh, his response was, he said, you know, I wonder about that. It's almost like if there is, it will be something that won't be accepted immediately. It becomes, to use a non-cliched, a now-cliched phrase, a paradigm shift. If you're trying something new that hasn't been done before, there will be some resistance. I think we know that full well. The outrageousness is part of it, and it will polarize people. Right now, if you're going to do something truly original, much of the changes are whispers among the shouting. They're there, but you have to pay attention. You might miss them amidst all the cacophony and rush to create film properties and licenses. He says, still, I'm excited to see what it's all going to turn into because of CGI, film has become what comics used to be. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But he says, what comics are becoming is more literature and more focused on telling these wonderful stories. Comics aren't just source material for long-form TV or film, but they are certainly very fertile source material for those kinds of things. That said, to me, the beauty of comics is that they are comics. And that's his, that's his, his response. Some of those things I agree with, some of them not so much. Uh, you're talking big two? Comics are very much... Um, movie and tv generators that's what they are now well, uh, the, uh, yeah i'm hard to argue yeah. that right sure yeah i mean it's not there if you're talking mainstream books the the goal to push the boundaries and create something new and different i don't think you're going to see too much of that at the big mm-hmm. two these days mm-hmm. it's going to happen in the trenches at the uh at the dark horses and the fanographics and the the uh IDW well not so much IDW but uh boom like those uh, in, uh publishers are going to have the, a much better chance because they're willing to try much more than the big two right uh Jason this is where I was thinking about you okay there's a long look at the Dazzler yes that's my girl yeah, way uh, too many pages on uh, Dazzler well, so yeah it's, oh, it is so long it went on for days no it was well it should I mean it's no Dazzler. no that's yeah, serious. It was like you could have you could have got to the Paul Chadwick shit like a half a page into the interview, the whole essay. That's the part I, I really liked. Yeah. I mean, you he, they talk with Tom DeFalco and Romita Jr. Natch. who designed the character. Um Wheezy, Simonson, yeah, Danny Fink. My girl. Uh, 
Frank Springer, yeah. and then Chad. Frank Springer looks absolutely nothing like what I expected him to look like. You don't think? I, I did not expect him to look that way. Dude, I love Frank Springer stuff. Love it. And um then we get to Paul Chadwick, and he includes photo reference that was shot for the series. Now, I, can, I find that kind of stuff invaluable. Yes. When you see the photo reference and then it's juxtaposed with the actual panel from that was derived from it or used it as inspiration, it's, it's amazing to see that. I love Baseball. that. Yeah. Uh, there's an interview with Dan Mishkin on Wonder Woman. Roger Stern and others on the Photon, um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Monica WMBO. The, um, I started the Lady Quark article. Oh, Lady Quark's great. Yes. Um, Thank you, Andy Lennox. I'm sorry? Who appeared in Legion? Yes. Uh, but I did read in its entirety the pro to pro conversation. Oh, yeah, nice. Because, well, it, it, it ties into our raving of, of the current future quest, but, um, mm-hmm. I adored, I bought every issue of the Komiko Johnny Quest series, and I, um, I forgot all about the Jezebel Jade miniseries and that the Adam part of the Kubert brothers did the art on it. Yeah, the art's great. Yeah. On the Jezebel J yeah. thing. Yeah. But if you wanted to go back and scoop those Kamiko uh Johnny Quests, it wouldn't cost you very much huh? with v- a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. The Dave Stevens cover issue is ridiculously priced. Of course. It's it's yeah. And the bad thing is I don't recall the entire series being collected in trade format. No. 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 No, I think they did maybe like two at the most, maybe one, definitely one, maybe two, but, uh, for the most part, that series has, has, is not completely collected. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. For sure. Cause that would have been the, the more economical way of, of reading right. it. Uh, Somerset Holmes and Brent Anderson with more reference shots that uh, he used yep. to create that series. Uh, Dakota North. Woohoo! Uh, yes. what else is it? You get a lot of letters, letters pages. It's just a super, stupendous value. I, every time these issues come out, I say, I'm gonna pace myself. I'm gonna read a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. let it go, come back to it. I just sit there and I devour the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which is not, uh, an easy thing to do because there's so much text in these things. Oh, it's just packed. go to tomorrows.com get back issue 90 and whatever else you can s- scoop up because you'll learn something I should, i'm going to vince i'm going to give you a list of all of the back issue issues i have behind me uh-huh and you go through your library and we'll find something to tag team on cool that's that's great and you should be able to and and because of your library you should also um does it have to be a, um, we can do digital, right? Absolutely. Because I, the majority of my back issue collection is digital. Right. That's what I'm saying. Then I have like the first 20 or 30. You can share it with Jason. Yeah. I think we should do 81. 81. 81 was, 81 was the 100-page giant issue. Ooh. That's nice. The DC 100-page giant. Ooh. With that. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I don't have All that. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Cool. We can uh, make, so we can make notes at Bubba Gump. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. Back issue number 90. Awesome. Yeah. I loves it. Hey, I have a little um, uh, errata to uh, issue. Oh, did you make a mistake? Yeah, I made a mistake last week. On what? Well, we were big up, big up Sonny Lou, right? Yeah. And oh, it's pretty yeah. awesome Sonny listened to the episode. He yeah. joined our Facebook group to yeah. thank us for the episode. But in uh, in my hasty praise of the Charlie Chan book and talking about having loved his other stuff, I mistakenly um, associated him with withdrawing most of Gene uh, Yang's uh, self-drawn works as well. So uh, Sonny worked with Gene in, on Shadow Hero, which we did say, but Gene drew uh, Boxers and Saints himself. So Sonny was very kind to thank us for the kind words, but also to make that point on our Facebook group. And I just wanted to uh, clear the air. And uh, he's of course right, but I, I, I just uh, in the uh, in the midst of just being super excited to praise the dude, we uh, or I rather um, miscredited him. So wanted to just correct that. Well, that's big of you. It's cool to have. You don't want to make them think we don't. We don't actually know what we're talking about. Right. It's cool to have him on our Facebook. It is cool. Well, I mean, I don't yeah. know if he's going to stick around, but it was nice of him to jump in. To, to Telling you, so. book of the year. You wait. Yeah, I'm with you so far. Yeah, I'm with you so far. So, what did y'all read? So much. I read something great, but I want to let you guys go first. <laughs> yeah. We. How, how could we? You. How, how does one go first when you just talked about a book? Because you pull something. Great. <laughs> oh, that was appetizer. That was oh, that was. Yeah, uh, you guys read Wonder Woman one and two. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's great. Me too. Whoa! See, that's that's really encouraging. Yeah, I think it it is hands down the absolute best book they've put out in Rebirth yet. It's an it's awesome, right? I mean, um, uh, Greg Rucka writer. But it's uh, coming out twice a month, as many of the DC books are, apparently. Um, but it's alternating. So the first issue was Remender and Liam Sharp. And then the mm-hmm. second issue was Remender and Nicola Scott. And the Sharp issues are going to be the modern story, which we were introduced to in Rebirth, which is that um, Diana can't remember her past. She's got all these memories mixed up of... And, and again, this is Rucka's way of playing with the very convoluted history that she's had as a character. And she's trying to figure out what is the truth and why she has these false memories and that sort of thing. So that that's the Liam Sharp side of things. And then the, every other issue will be a story set back in her early days and her origins. Um, and I presume because it's Rucka, they will eventually tie together in some very awesome way. Um, but first of all, I, I know, Vince, you were big enough Liam Sharp when yep. we were seeing the DC previews of, of, of the artists. And I have to say, I thought what I saw of Liam's work was good, but didn't wow me with the rebirth. Number one. Yeah. I think you're wrong. Well, <laughs> no, I know. I know you said that as much, but this first issue, like yeah. wonder woman, number one. Oh, oh you mean one, not the, the rebirth. You're talking about the issue one proper. Cor- yeah. I'm saying the the Liam sharp stuff we saw in rebirth. Number one. Okay, I right. It was good, I, but not like the great. But then okay, this I, issue, I, Wonder I, Woman number one, which is all Liam Sharp, I was like, oh lord! I mean, yeah. I, it's phenomenal. It was like phenomenal looking. I, yeah, oh my! It's God. like he was born at what? Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I, you know, I, I like you guys don't have a huge history with Wonder Woman. I mean, I read the Azarello run, 
Um, but I didn't really read much of the Perez stuff or I didn't really, I think I read the first trade of the original Rucka arc or Rucka run. Um, like back when I was first getting into DC, I bought a bunch of random trades and read them. Um, but, uh, you know, Diana needs, uh, help from a, an enemy. She needs help from an enemy. Yeah. And, uh, and it seems like that enemy is in, in some ways like a goddess now, I guess, or at least is worshipped like a goddess by people on this particular island that she's at or country. I guess it's Buana, right? So it's a country, but, um, and, uh, I'm right in saying that Etta Candy is not in the past been a black woman, right? She was. She was a, with the new 52, she was a few, um, there was, I found out during the, when I was catching up and I was reading the Deep Howard Superman, the, the, the t-shirt and jeans Superman, I saw that when he was, he went to Argus and he asked Steve Trevor for help. And that's when I saw that Etta Candy was a slender like they, like they did for Amanda Waller with the new 52, a, a slender, attractive black woman, not the pudgy white girl she was for so many years. And they did even pre new 52, they, um, they thinned her down and made her a, um, a skinny blonde chick. Uh, but now with the new Wonder Woman, she is not as svelte as she was before rebirth. Right. I was going to say now she is a, a heavy set black woman, but I have to say if they didn't have that panel where they zoomed in on her identity on her ID badge, I, I thought it was Amanda Waller. Like I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, like part of a, of a group that works for Amanda Waller. Cool. Um, but either way, so yeah, she's for some reason, Etta Candy is like in charge of some government organization that Steve Trevor is a mercenary for or a soldier for. Um, and they're on, they're in the country, I guess, trying to, I'm assuming it's like the leader or like a dictator or something, I assume. I don't, I don't really get the full story, but they're, they're, they're trying to get to someone. And, um, and then list coincidentally, uh, Diana is in the country too. And I just thought Rucka man, he's so, he's so great at writing strong female characters because of course Diana is, is this amazing Amazonian warrior, but you know, and she's kicking ass in the book, but at the same time, she she gets there and she says, "I I'm going to give you three warnings. I don't want to fight, but you know, I will fight if I have to." And it's almost like Trials of Hercules. She has to keep fighting because because the person she's looking for is not trying to have it. And then you know, we we find out uh, that the person she's looking for is is, is Barbara Ann, who, who's Cheetah, who is her. That's probably fair to say she's her number one enemy, right, throughout her history, right, sir? Uh, yeah, enemy. I think at this point, yeah. 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 Um, now, I'm not sure, again, because I don't know much about Cheetah. I know more that Cheetah was her, her, her enemy from, like, the cartoons than I do the comics. But is she – what is her tie to how, – how is she going to help her find Themyscira? Oh, I have no idea. I, okay. I And like you said, because now if she's being worshipped as a uh, as a goddess or some idol, maybe – um, maybe that's the connection. Maybe she's the bridge to help Diana get there or, or shed some light on, on whatever Diana is, is dealing with. Um, right. The last time I think I read anything that had anything to do with Cheetah was either way back during the, um, even before 
when it was relaunched after uh Infinite Crisis in 52 and I think it was it was a Jody Piccolo was uh came Jody, into Jody Piccolo yeah yes mm-hmm. um Piccolo the uh <laughs> but it was um I don't even and I don't even remember Nemesis was 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 that feel smart it, it was a Dotson drawn series but uh I have not seen Cheetah in ages so I have no idea what yeah. kind of changes she's gone through and I don't remember her being this Cat-like and fear. Yeah, so, so animalistic, yeah. The, um, yeah. You gotta give Laura Martin credit. She did you, you a know, lot of that. I, I was trying to think who the colors was, cause I don't have, yeah, but, a lot of heavy lifting yeah, in right. this one. You're right. Beautiful colors, just phenomenal. Yeah. But they're, you know, sharp too. There are a number of really memorable spreads. What else has Liam Sharp done? Because I, I don't think that's it. Uh, incredible. Spawn. Spawn. He, he did Incredible Hulk after Gary Frank left back in the day, bro. Oh, that's okay. Okay, I got it. I got you. I got you. Yeah, Sharp's a monster. Yeah, been, the 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 Throne of Bones, the 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 page where Diana's um going through the forest. The, the title right, spread, right? Just the the diving Werewolf. pages. Like holy crap! The, yeah, the the cheetah wolf cheetah things. Well, yeah, it's it's just an incredible. First issue, yeah, and just knocked knocked it right out of the park. And then issue two is Nicola Scott, and that was interesting because I feel like again I haven't read a lot of Wonder Woman, but I have read that particular part of her story so many times, right? And it was just a month or two ago when I read the uh, Wonder Woman Year One from um, or Earth One, Wonder Woman Earth One from uh, mm-hmm. right uh, that that with Dotson, I, I like we just saw the same story, right? Which is Steve Trevor crashing into the except Eddie Candy looked like Rebel Wilson in that, right? For sure. But yeah. similarly, though, Rucka did, did the same thing that uh, they did in, in the OGN, which is um, acknowledged quite quite um, overtly that uh, Diana was into the sapphic love. Oh, well, what else well, you they, got going on sure. over there? Really, they all are. It's because the she comes out of the water at the Dickola Scott drawn issue in issue number two. And it's like, oh, my God. Everybody's right? like, I, know, I thought like, she was with her or with her. Or was it was it Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but you know that was I, I'm again. I, it was just an interesting choice because that was a pretty much straight up origin story. The second issue, right? It was just yeah. it was the, Rucka's view of the origin story, which you know. So that one, I mean, I would as as you guys know, I've been keeping a journal this year of everything I've read, and I gave the first issue a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know the second issue I gave like a seven, and not because it was bad, but just because it was a little more straightforward and it was the origin story, and I. There wasn't really too much new there. I mean, there really wasn't a tw- really any. I didn't see any no. other twist in that issue that versus the prior well, the story. Well, the 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 parallel storytelling with Steve and what's going on in his life was That's kind fair. of a neat take. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the odds and evens with, with, with breaking up the flow of the. If you just want to read the origin stories, you're going to read two, four, six, eight. And if you just want to read right. what's going on in the present day, one, three, five. And it's that's. I mean, you can put them off to the side and read them whenever you can go back. It's, it's two weeks. You can go back and read the previous issue. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world. It's just, it's, it's, I, you know, it, let, let's see how the trade comes out. Are they going to? Yeah, I think it may, I think it the may trade hurt will sales. We'll come out by, by story arc. I do too. Yeah. yeah, maybe at the same time, but at least, yeah, you, you know, you'll have your choice and we'll see if it's volume one or two or how they're named or numbered, but, um, right. I, I think because 
I'm getting in on the ground floor with this new year. And this is slightly different than the Azarello Chang story with, with, with Diana being, you know, a, a, an offspring of, of the gods. So this is, this is more of the, and she's, we don't know if she's made from clay. Everybody on this, on, on the island is, um, fully fleshed out. I'm enjoying right now after reading the second issue just today and whether you can claim it's because it's fresh, fresher. Um, I'm liking the origin story so far because I'm getting in on the ground floor and I'm going to learn who all these characters are from this point of view, from this rebirth. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, there are a lot of questions after reading the first issue, which the three of us have already brought up just right. in this short conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, you're, Nicole, right, you're right. I, Nicola Scott, though, too. You know, her style it's, has changed. Her style's definitely changed. Like, it, um, it, it, I loved her work in Birds of Prey, which is, uh, and other things as well, but, but it seems like she's going for a little bit smoother, almost like a little more manga influence now. Like romance manga, you know? A little bit more smooth, like facial features and stuff. Hmm. You don't think so? Hmm. No. Okay. You don't think she looks any different than she did in like the Birds of Prey, like like it's, Justice it's, League, like many of that stuff and that. It's cleaner. It's it's um. It, it is. Cleaner. It's more sculpted. I, the, I'm not familiar with um, Ferrardo, the colorist, at all. Okay. Uh, and we know Black Magic was mostly it was pencils with, with with gray tones. It was it was a black and white comic. Um, so there is. I still see some Scott in from that series to here but like with the sharp book the colorist is very uh noticeable and and does a lot of work it's i think maybe to um to make sure since these are coming out every two weeks to make sure she maintains that right. i'm not saying they're shortcuts but they're probably she, she is doing uh, like bermuda jr would say you know it's that deadline style where mm-hmm. um you would see the changes based on whatever the work was because of how quickly he had to put it out. I think she just modified her style so that she'll be able to maintain the pace. Oh, that's, wow. if this that's, is her deadline style. She should stick. She with absolutely it. should stick with it. Yeah. Um, and I like the risks, the, the layout of the, um, that double spread with the white space on the bottom mm-hmm. and the, the two overlapping panels. That is a great spread. Yeah. And and vertical panels again, not easy. No, yeah, because you got to fit however much in that small slim. It's such a narrow focus yeah. too. But look at the depth in some yeah. of them. She is not, almost all. I mean, there is a lot of white space, like you said, Vince. But the, even the or, or the scene where she's hugging her mother. There's you know the white background, nothing going. It, it, it's a John Byrne panel. But then you cut to Steve and at, at target practice, or or Diana and target practice, and you know she's. She's drawn backgrounds and, and leaves and buildings and, and people. Yeah, I mean, there are right. crowds everywhere, whether it's a wedding right. or whether it's, it's, it's an orgy. There's just shit going on all the time. Yeah. And she was smart to make the Diana peering off into the, the, the night sky, the biggest, the thickest panel on the page because there's, that's where the weight is on the bottom. She did have a little bit of a rest on the tree panel. You know, uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's, it's airy, yeah. but, 
for the most part, there is intense drawing going on in every panel of this thing. Absolutely. You are right. Yep. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like like you said. I'm glad we all love it. I, I I'm with you. I, I I have not read all of the uh, first issues of DC yet, so I don't want to say for sure it's the best one. But of the ones that I've read, it's certainly the at least those that I've gotten two issues out of. It's certainly the one that I'm I'm most impressed right. by so far. I think um, the beginning of Dark Side War may be um, fresh in your memory because they recounted some of this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, I had just read uh, the 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 Wonder Woman uh, Earth. Is it Earth One or Earth Two? I forget what the Earth Earth One. Earth Earth One. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad we all agree on this. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to agree on the one I got. Okay. Did you read New Superman? No. David did. I did. Because he's my boo, and he follows. You know. I just didn't have time, dog. He just wants to help me out. As long as Um, I was in a day. Written by Gene Luen Yang. That's my dog. Pencils by Victor Bogdanovic. Richard Friend did the inks and the colors by High Five. Um, High Five. It is essentially a retelling to a certain degree of the Superman origin, but it's in Shanghai, (laughs) Shanghai, China. Like any archetype regardless of of era or location the truly great stories tend to repeat themselves superman the origin story is a great story right so there are traces of that in this super hyphen man's origin story there's a lois lane character Mm. Uh, you know there's there's um alliteration out the wahoo yeah um (laughs) his name is keenan kong I, I love the name. Yeah, the name is cool. So we're in Shanghai, China, and Kong is a bit well. He's a bully. He's a bully, and, and 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 the uh, the object of his um, anger is a man named Pangzi, which is uh, Chinese for fat boy. But his real name is Lu Lixin, who unfortunately for him happens to be the son of the CEO of China Southeast Airlines. Now, why would Kong give a crap who this guy's father is? Well, we're told that Kenan Kong's mother came to an untimely end in an, an airline accident, right. which has happened to be China Southeast Airlines. So he takes out all his frustrations and, and guilt and aggression on poor Lixon. Um, but as he's doing as he's bullying this kid around, the the kid runs and is um, abducted by a villain, superpowered villain called the Blue Condor. And uh, Kong's first instinct is to run, but he doesn't. He bonks the Blue Condor on the forehead with a soda can, knocking him away, and he releases Lixen, and Lixen runs away. And this whole thing is being recorded on a smartphone by. A reporter. And here's the Lois Lane figure. Yeah, what's her name? Laney Lan. <laughs> Come on. It's good. It's a Chinese oh, name. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah. wait. She's... I mean, that's an awful lot. Of <laughs> but it's, 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 it's like the, 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 the heroic they're, 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 they're not being subtle. Oh, I'm, I'm no, surprised. they're not. Because oh, Gene is such a great writer. 
but it, it, Superman's an archetype. These stories are going to repeat. And you don't know, Jason. I mean, there may be some slight hands of of editors, maybe you know, kind of nudging right. things so that. I don't find it offensive at all. I'm not saying it's offensive. I'm just saying that it. But on the nose, though. Yeah. Or yeah, or trite. You know, it's she's a reporter for Primetime Shanghai. She records this, shoots the video up to whatever, like YouTube or whatever, and gets like half a million views in no time at all. So she's like, I got to find out who this kid is, and she sets up an interview with him. So and then the backstory starts to creep in on on the characters. Kong's father is an auto mechanic, Uh but. He he also is a writer and he's a conspiracy theorist. And he's he's got this bone to pick with the Ministry of Self Reliance. They're 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 crushing the people, they're not good, blah blah blah. Uh why did you do this? He he chews his son out for um getting in the middle of this um fight, especially with the son of the CEO of someone who has repeatedly called and said, hey, your son is bullying my my kid. You know, quit it or we're going to sue. You know, so the father doesn't want anything to do with it. And in all of this, Kong goes to his mother's gravesite. And while he's there, and this is where David had to uh, um, explain some stuff to me, he is visited by someone called Dr. Omen. Yes. And Dr. Omen says, you know what? You're the one. You're my boy. You're, you're I, my Neo. I, you, you, <laughs> I, I want to, uh, Kong is not very smart in this first issue because he agrees to a super top secret scientific project designed to change his life forever. And he's like, yeah, okay. You know, I think that was all the one in. thing about, I, he's all in. I think that, that was the one thing about this issue that either revealed to me that Kong doesn't think before he acts or that he's not all that intelligent. Because if someone said to you, I'm going to subject you to this scientific process that, you know, there's a slight probability that, that you could die. You say, okay, I'll do it. You know, but he, and he does and, um, he gets superpowers. And that's the first issue of, uh, now, I don't want to reveal the end because no. the ending is, the ending is a, a, a surprise. And are those characters a surprise, new? But not, but not really. Uh, they may be. I don't think I recall seeing them in the story. Okay, they sure like their hyphens in, in. Well, because they want to make sure that, you know, well, Batman's always had the, well, the originally the hyphen, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how you're going to, oh shit, I just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, when you were talking about the art, I'm looking at it now and it, it reminds me somewhat, not, not as, as, as finished, but there's a little bit of uh Trevor Hair sign I see in it. Mhm. Um, well, what did I say? Oh, early uh, early uh, Giuseppe, chemical, yeah. Uh, chemical, yeah. Like intimates chemical. I thought this issue was fantastic. I may have been in the perfect frame of mind to read it, but after I I got to the last page, I closed the cover, went on DCBS and amended my orders to include the future issues. You did. Yep. Um, the, the character first appeared, from what I remember, uh, when I was going back and catching up on the, uh, the t-shirt and blue jeans, Superman and, and when he was outed and, and the whole truth storyline and, um, 
problems he was having with, with his powers and not having powers and, uh, which also ties into the Steve Trevor and the candy topic from earlier, but it's when he is, there's a mystery where DC's Trinity has to, uh, figure out what's going on. So the three of them go to China, uh, because, because Superman is dying, Clarkin is dying, kryptonite poisoning, and and because of the issue with his powers, and he's there's and everything that pretty much led up to Rebirth and, and, and the Dark Side War and the last days of Superman. That's all. This whole thing was just was connected in in some way, shape, or form. It wasn't over the head hitting you over the head with how how connected it was, but uh, there were some neat things set up here and there, not forgotten. And uh, one of those things was this new Superman. And, and while Superman himself wasn't really introduced or, or, or fleshed out, at least it's not as much as he was in this issue, that's when um, the uh, our Chinese heroes were made aware of what Dr. Omen was doing. And everybody is in her lab, and, and that's when, you know, they the whole DNA and, and genome that was used to create the Chinese Superman. Uh, That's where she got it. Right. So uh. um, it's, that's where we knew Dr. That's where I first knew Dr. Omen, whether or not she was hinted at or teased before then, like, like, like apocalypse and the old X factor issues. It, it's just, it's, um, so this is not this first issue is not his first appearance, but you're finally finding out who the character is, and and that's absolutely. I think it's it's. I I don't know if for me I'm not sure if the timing is is right because you're gonna have you have the old. Or pre-Flashpoint Superman in his book. You have Superman in action. You have Jonathan's book. You're going to have the Son of Superman book. You're going to have a new Superwoman book. Now you have this one. And I, I don't want anything. Don't forget Supergirl. You're going to have Supergirl. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure you're going to have a book. Superwoman, with, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Oh, you so, said that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a, a generation style book or, or the son of bat. You'll, you'll have a Jonathan and Damien book, but. I just, I don't want the, this book to be overlooked. Vince absolutely loves it. I think, I, I think you, you know, I, and I told you, you guys know the mood I was in yesterday. I read this issue before I called it a day last night. I was not in the right frame of mind for it because it, not everything annoyed me, but as uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting past each page, it, I'm not rolling my eyes up into the back of my head, but I'm just like, all right, that's a little heavy handed. That's just, and, and so I just, it's fun. it is, it absolutely it's, is fun. You know, it's, so. it's a fun, well, if you can say like uh, the, you know, uh, the death of, of the kid's mother's fun, but no, but there's, I mean, everything it, was, it, and, and, but my, my other thing though, uh, which you got a kick out of as far as from that perspective and, and, you know, who Keenan is, I, I really wasn't in the mood for some sort of redemption story or, or seeing a bully mm-hmm. who, uh, 
kind of just, you know, he, he, yeah, he's, there's, there's, there's baggage. There's shit going on in his life. He lost his mother. His dad got his own thing going on, really not paying much attention to him. Um, so he is kind of lashing out. He's doing what, you know, and, and it shit rolls downhill. So I'm not getting any love at home. I just, I need to lash out. I'm going to pick on fat boy and, and, you know, right. he's going to give me, and, but for someone like that, and, and obviously Dr. Omen has her own issues going on. She's, she's being manipulative. She's, there's an ulterior motive here. So it's not like she's doing this for the better of, uh, of China. She's, she's got her own reasons for doing this. So from her mindset and, picking Keenan to, to take on this role. Um, she may have had plans because even while, while they're doing the experiment, you know, she's just like, well, fuck it. it. It's we're past the point of no return now. So if he doesn't survive this experiment, then we'll just, you know, we'll find yeah, somebody. She doesn't else. care. He absolutely, right, right. But he was right. My favorite part of the issue was probably when he was like pleading for help from Dr. Omen or, or your bookish assistant. I just thought that that was fantastic. I, I, yeah. I did chuckle at that point, but, uh, Jason, it's like Flash Thompson. Yeah. It's as, uh, as what if Flash Thompson is Superman? Uh-huh. Right. He, he has, he's, um, but a lady Flash Thompson man. from Peter Parker's high school, not Flash Thompson, agent of Venom. Right. Right. right, right. Okay. He, he hits on, um, Lainey Land when, when she's interviewing him, he hits on the, you know, every woman, that he comes into she's contact with. She's not my tape. He's doing his, his, uh, judges. he's doing he all and zeros game. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I disagree with David to a certain extent where he says like, okay, this is the type of character that's given superpowers. They're handed to him, but there's going to be a loss somewhere along the way. You, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to either, um, have somebody, more. the father threatened or, um, they're gonna the mother's demise. There's gonna be something connected with that that right. leads to something. It, it, it this is the, only the tip of the iceberg. And I want to watch these characters grow. I think they're really neat characters. We've seen them before, sure, but in not in this setting, um, not in uh, in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's very. It was a really interesting first it issue that left me wanting. Right. More. It would be left you wanting more, and I am going to, like you were doing with me, with the other Superman books and the other DC books, I'm going to, I'm going to let a couple issues go by, and depending on how you're feeling on it, see what's doing. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. check them out. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Can't ask for more than that. You got to hand it to DC. Trying these things at two ninety nine is much easier than three ninety nine. Yep, I gotta say, it's true. Yep. Freezing it's, better, but that's true. <laughs> yeah, the, the, my, um, my only concern, and, and it's, we've had this conversation before many times and, and not just on the show, but with our friends. And when you are going to have so many issues coming out, I mean, mm-hmm. cause everybody, everybody loves shitting on Marvel with the double shipping and, and, you know, rightly so for in some cases, but for me, because you know, I read it when I read it. I, sure. The shipping schedule isn't. It's not. Oh, I, this came out this week. I got to read it. But my my thing is consistency. It is is the story. If it's one story, see at least Wonder Woman's got it right because Liam can do the present day stuff. Nicola can do the year one stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine for those two styles. But if you're looking at like say Green Arrow or the latest issue of Action Comics, is not 
Patrick Zercher. It's uh, Tyler Kirkham. So we're we're going to get into that problem where the artists can't keep the pace of of the shipping schedule. So right. that's that's my problem. Yeah, okay, it's great. It's two ninety nine. It's twice a month, but. Is this story going to look the same from the first issue to the end of the first story? And, and that's, uh, we'll wait and see. But i the action comics issue did not look so, so jarring. I can't say the same just based on the first couple of pages I saw of detective comics because that is not done by Eddie Barrows. Yeah. And I think we're glossing over, David, the most important part of the new Superman issue. What's that? The Snickers ad. You didn't see the Snickers ad? I did not see the Snickers ad. Oh my god, it's doomsday. Oh boy. It's a, it's a multi-page ad. It, it looks to me like it's drawn by Carlos Pacheco. Oh, because the digital issue didn't have the ads. Oh really? Well, doomsday's tearing shit up and he's going after Superman and Batman. And Superman says, oh no, not again. Batman says, wait, 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 I'll handle this. And the next page is a full page of Doomsday looking at a Snickers bar that's been unwrapped in front of his, it's under his nose. And Batman says, here, have a Snickers. You get really cranky when you're hungry. And then the next page. Oh, no, I did see that. Where did I see that? I did see that ad. (laughs) It's awesome. Was it online? I did see the ad. It's a four page friggin' ad. And I swear it's drawn by Carlos Pacheco. Really? Yeah, it's gorgeous. The Doomsday is incredible. They should come on. Let's get Pacheco mm. back. Let's do it. I see. Do, do, okay, I'm an easy mark for Doomsday. Yes, but you think rendered rendered this beautifully is like that's just that creamy, the creamy filling in an already delicious cake. Wow, this is great. But it, uh, obviously, it's not the best. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but Snickers they really satisfy. They do, especially if you're you're Wonder Woman, because y'all get all doomsday and shit. Get all doomsday. <laughs> Batman handled it. He's got a utility belt section devoted exclusively to Snickers. For, well, for Batman. Well, it's right next to the Bat Shark repellent. Yes, yeah. and the Skittles. And the Skittles. Fuck <laughs> Skittles, man. They they went and screwed. Oh, Skittles. You, Skittles. you have an opinion on Skittles? They. Yeah, because if you look at the red bag, it says original, which okay. is a crock of shit. Oh my god, oh my god no. dude. <laughs> no, no, it is. You know why? Serious, serious. Because <laughs> no, what what did the what were the what were the original flavors with with Skittles? I have Who no idea. You have no idea. All right, well, fine. You don't. I'm, I'm sorry. Tell me. The green. The green. The green used to be lime. Okay. Oh. Okay. It's now some shitty ass sour apple. I prefer sour apple. So no, I don't. So it's so I haven't eaten Skittles in like years, but they're still gonna go and and, and claim this original. This is no, this is yeah. This, these are there's so many we can get into fucking like chocolatey flavor too, but we won't. It's it's just they're they're certain. So you don't 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 come near me with Skittles, man. I will. Ah, uh, anyway. Wow, wow. we set him off. No, yeah, shit. Yeah, that's that's for some reason I don't know why, but I Man, just I, I see red with that off. shit. That's crazy. I was like, how the fuck? How you don't fuck? That'd be if you like went to Five Guys and they were like, Buffalo <laughs> as it's always been. <laughs> we don't do Cajun fries anymore. Yeah, why though? Uh, why though? 
Yeah, I, I, man, I've been looking for an opportunity to do that the past couple of days. Why Kyle, is this why you always hated Kyle? Oh God, no. Yeah, he saw Raffle. So what else do we have? We need to, we need double team, triple team, as the case may be, on that, on that Bob brother, Bob Moon brother goodness. You mean double team? Because I did not read oh, it. Oh, son. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear about it. Though. <sighs> you only had three weeks. I mean, right? You're assuming that I'm going to read it. I apparently not. No. You're the one always picking about- up Neil Gaiman. Not in every instance, but yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me why I should read this. Sell me oh, on I it. shouldn't even <laughs> tell you. It's fucking Bond. <laughs> yes. I mean, that should be enough. What's it called? How to Talk to Girls? At Parties. At Parties. Okay. This is a, as I understand it, very well-regarded, famous novella by Neil Gaiman. That is, uh, and this is a pure adaptation of that in OGM form by Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. Before the movie comes out next year. Oh, there's a movie coming out? It's a movie coming out. Did not know that. Yes. Did not know that. It is a story of two 15-year-old boys who are out looking for the ladies. And they think, they know of a party, the house party that's going on. They're trying to find it. They don't quite know the address, but uh, they think they know roughly where it is. And they stumble into a party. And inside the party is a group of astoundingly beautiful women uh, of all of all different uh, colors and flavors, if you will. Um, and it's uh, pretty much all women in the party for the most part. Few 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 random dudes, but mostly women. And uh, it's not all that it seems. Um, it's this book is very much a science fiction story. And it's, uh, it's pretty out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's not altogether straightforward as to what's, what's truly going on. Um, and I will say that Bond Moon drawing it just makes it creepy as hell. Uh, yeah. You know, because they, they have that style, right? Where they draw the women, like the, the way they draw, they draw humans. It's, they have those big giant eyes and sort of gaunt, long stretched out bodies. And so it adds this element to this idea of what these women really are. Uh, and it's a pretty freaking scary story. Yeah, yeah. Right? And wait, scary? You know, it is. Yeah, and and yeah. as Jason mentions, you know, with the the way the brothers draw human eyes, all the women in the book, their eyes are so much bigger. So mm-hmm. that just adds to the freak factor. Um, the uh, the colors are absolutely amazing, but it is it's. Yeah, no, there's, you don't really know what's good. The way the story is, is, is told, we're, we're, in, we're following along with, with these two friends. They're on their way to a party. Uh, they, they don't have the directions to the house, so they're winging it. They end up at the house where there are all these women in there. Um, not knowing it's not the party they were actually looking for, but because we're meeting the people in this house at the same time as the two friends, it just, it really, we're all learning things at the same time. And I, I love that part of telling a story. I, I, 
to know exactly what the other character is finding out at the same time. Just, I, I appreciate the main characters not knowing more than the reader. So everybody is confused at the same level at the same time. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a 2006 short story. Um, and Ruth and, Wilson is going to be in the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, um, the boys' names are N and Vic. It takes place in the 70s. And, uh, uh, N is like, he's the, he's, he's the, the vessel of the story. He's the, the protagonist, or at least the, our viewpoint. And N is, uh, you know, he's kind of like the, um, well, he's your typical 15 year old boy. He's totally into women, but very awkward. Doesn't really have any game yet. Uh, and, and Vic, his buddy is just complete opposite, right? Vic is just the super good looking post pubescent guy. That's just women just love him and he has no problem talking to women. So he just always gets the women, you know, no matter what. And, uh, and, and is, is just the opposite. And Vic's always kind of leading him around and convincing him to talk to girls and he needs to be more confident. And so the, the story, the, the OGN is, is essentially, I mean, Vic, because he's at home, he, he goes off with a girl right away and doesn't, it isn't long before he gets her to go upstairs to one of the bedrooms, as is probably typical of his experience. And Anne is much more awkward, and so he's kind of stumbling around looking for a spot, and he comes across one girl who's sitting in a kind of a, a garden room, if you will, and, and, uh, she's, she's act, this, the, the interactions with her are, are almost alien, and, and she's speaking in a strange way, and, She's got, uh, six or seven fingers. I don't remember. She's got six or seven fingers on a hand. Um, and, you know, and then she kind of weirds him out. And so he moves <laughs> on and then he finds another girl and he comes across basically three girls. And, uh, each one is, is progressively stranger really uh, until the third. And the third is the one that he really falls for. And she's got this glowing frizzy red hair and, uh, she's very captivating and they hit it off and she begins to tell him her story and the, the, they, they, when they get to the party, because the girls are, are strange and their cadence of speech is strange. They're of the, of the opinion that it's a bunch of exchange students that are in Britain. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not really what's going on. Uh, it's something quite, quite more extraordinary than that. Uh, and this is where it gets pretty crazy. And, and again, I guess we could spoil it because it's like, it, again, it's a Hugo award winning science fiction novella from a decade ago. But, um, Vince, the, the and this is where it gets trippy. These girls are really vessels for, um, for universes that were displaced. And so this is like a physical form where they're searching for a new, a new home. And, they basically create sort of a new home by, um, they're essentially like almost like music and sound embodied. And they can use a man to kind of lure that out. But it's almost like a black widow thing, you know, where like hmm. they're like in order to sort of reform as like they're intended to be, they, need a, a, a vessel to sort of serve for that catalyst. See, I obviously judged a story about it. It's title this time. Well, sure. sure. I, I, I hadn't read the, the short story. Yeah. So, um, when I saw it solicited, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to read this. 
Yeah, no, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was I didn't a science know. Fiction. I didn't know it was a science fiction movie. Yeah, story. Well, you're you're more willing to to take chances. But the preview it. pages, whether it was on previews or online, did not. Mm-hmm. It was just the first couple pages where, and it's kind of mundane. walking into yeah. you know going up to the door to the house. That's so, right. You know, yeah. what's, which is fine because you don't. You're not going to show your hand. And, it, and speaking of hand, it was there. There were six digits, but one of one of the fingers was like an offshoot on the pinky. So mm-hmm. was it mm-hmm. because Wayne's Wayne was like disfigured or whatever? Every, everyone's got a strange. And you're you're the third of the the original, and it, it's just it is it all. I don't know if I want to say it all comes together. It all makes sense at the end, but. It, Things are explained and, and as long as, and, and it's a gaming story. So you're not going to, he's not handing it to you. He's not going to go here. Right, this right. is everything I was telling you. And here it's you. There's some reading between the lines and, and you kind of, which is one reason why I like gaming so much is that, you know, you just, the story is yours. However you go, mm-hmm. in, however you take it, however you experience it or consume right. it, then that's, so every story is going to be different for someone else. So it's, I, but this was, whereas if you're going to read the original story, it's, it's all in your head here. The brothers are kind of letting you know where things are going and, and, and giving a visual representation of it, which I haven't read the short story yet. I'm going to now. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I I really do think Vince, you will you will dig this. Yeah, and the thing uh, is, is, probably is, um, you know, and and as David's saying, with with one of the cool things about the story is is it's clearly a fantastical evening, but if you strip all that out, it's it's really in a way just an exaggerated expression of what it would be like to be 15 year old kids trying to figure out the mist, like a woman, right? Because I mean this, you know, the, from the, from the, from the, the lens of, um, from the lens of, uh, of, of N, it, like it's not, even if they weren't alien creatures, like they're alien creatures, right? Like women are a mystery to him. They're, these extraordinary captivating creatures that lure you in, but he hasn't figured them out at all yet. And they're completely mind blowing to him. So in essence, Gaiman is giving you that reality, but it can just as much be an expression of just the, the adoration that Gaiman has for women. And especially when you're a young teenage boy who hasn't quite mastered the art of getting a woman yet. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, juxtaposition of the fantastical nature of the book versus the story. And I could see how if you just read the no- the novel, you may be less certain about whether did this all really happen? I mean, were they really like other like pocket universes that were in a different vessel? Or was this just this guy's interpretation of a crazy night where he just, cause he doesn't, you know, trying to express himself in a way that says he just doesn't get women. So yeah, it's 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 very very cool, very cool. Well, really well put together. Agree. I guess I got to get it. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the book, nice. it's, it's uh, the the story itself. The the prose story was in um in a collection of short stories he wrote called Fragile Things. In case people are wondering, which I do believe I have somewhere. Um, 
Yeah, this is, uh, and, and the, well, another reason why you'll love it, Vince, there's no, um, there's no dust jacket. It, Kudos. It is, yeah, the hardcover is, uh, is, is straight up. Um, everything's printed on homie. the cover. The, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's not. Dust jackets it, are my Skittles. Yeah, that's true. Except you, you don't seem to get as, as evenly violent on both of The, uh, <laughs> Um, it's, and it's not, it's, it's not a, uh, it's, it's a short book, but it's not a quick read, if that makes sense. There's, there's a lot, you, you're, you're soaking in a lot. Even if, after you read what everybody's saying, you're just going to stare at the art for a while. It, it's, it's well, gorgeously sure, illustrated. The colors, the, and, and, you know, I don't think I'd be as in love with this if it was a straight black and white book. The, the, the colors are absolutely popping. Hmm. Dark Horse, you said, yes? Dark Horse, I said. I must get. Nice. Well, since you guys teamed up, I guess it's my turn. It must be. Yeah. I read some Legion. Yo. Yo. Because I love the Legion. Yes, this is a miniseries. Word. Uh, And it was released in 2001. Writers for the entire miniseries are Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. And it takes place in the wake of Legion Lost, which Jason read so he can oh, understand. Oh, yes, I love the Legion Lost. Good, good. Um, and there's actually some letters commenting on Legion Lost in this miniseries. That's how DC used to do it. They used to publish things concurrently, even though they were miniseries, and if the same writers were responsible, they would put the letters in a different book. So there, there are actual letters about Legion Lost in this miniseries. But six-issue miniseries, it's called Legion Worlds. Any of you read this? I have not. It is awesome. And it all, it's all predicated by Legion Lost. The premise of this series is, okay, we just lost a large number of our cast. Eleven, I believe. Legionnaires are presumed dead in that rift incident. And the surviving members of the Legion are dealing with the fallout of what happened. Um, R.J. Brand has been impeached. He is no longer the president of the United Planets. Um, the Legion has been disbanded. The only officially sanctioned member of is Valor. I'm, I'm sorry. Monel. Monel. Yes. My now brother. This, this is volume four of the Legion. So it's not Mon hyphen L. It's Mon apostrophe. M O. No, M apostrophe on L. So it's Mon. It's still Monel, but yeah, they tweaked it a little bit for this. Like Lightning Lass is not, is known as Spark in this. They, they, they tried to undo the unfortunate naming of the original Legionnaires. So, is, try to make this, a cool hit for the kids, but is this yeah. after the Legionnaires spinoff? On because they had the yeah. Legion series and they had Legionnaires. Yeah, it's ninety one. When did Legionnaires come out? I'm thinking not. It had to be around the same time, right? Because wasn't Lightning Lad Livewire? Yes, in Legionnaires. That's Legionnaires. Yeah. What is he in this? He's lost. Whatever whatever he was in Legion Lost, he is in this. But he doesn't appear in this. 
Because he's lost. He's presumed dead. Are any of the original three in this? Yes. Okay. I'm just asking. I, no, I, I did not read it. So Cosmic I don't. Boy. Cosmic Boy is. Okay. And he's a, he's a criminal because um, superpowers are outlawed. You have to be officially sanctioned uh-huh. by the new by the new president of the UP, uh, Leela McCauley. And he's not R.J. Brand. Let's just put it that way. He's uh, sneaky, duplicitous. He knows things he's not letting on. For instance, there's an encroachment of something called robotica on the fringes of UP space, and he's downplaying it. But Monel knows something is up because in the very first issue, which was drawn by Val Goucher, that's how you say it? Val oh, Goucher? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sure. And uh, Dexter Vines did the inks. Um, Monel's patrolling Earth space and runs into who? Tharok, one of the Fatal, the fatal Five. And um, Tharok got a serious upgrade. How? Well, Robotica upgraded him. It's a, it's an AI that um, wants to uh, obviously exterminate all um, sentient organic life. And um, he causes havoc in the shipping lanes. And Monel fights him and eventually beats him. But um, Tharok releases a drone from his back. And um, Monel freezes the drone with his breath. And they bring it and they study it. And when they study it, it flips on and tries to infect all of the computers in Earth. But they, they manage to... Uh, to tamp it down, but that's when Monel, um, you know, he goes to, to Macaulay's like, Hey, you know, we, this, this robotic is going to be a problem. Oh, no, no, it's not that big of a deal. And so, you know, you know, it is now, or at least Monel knows it is because this, this guy who's kind of slimy, um, well, he's very slimy. Uh, he's downplaying it, which means that it's a bigger problem than it is. And it plays out over the course of this six issues. Like, each issue is devoted to a different planet, hence the title, mm-hmm. Legion Worlds. Uh, in issue two, um, Ayla Rands goes back to Winath, and see, if you are like uh, Spark, and your brother uh, is no longer with you, if you're from Winath, that's a serious problem, because the majority of the children born on Winath are twins. If you're not, you're called a solo. If you're just a um, a, a normal singular person and born, um, you're called a solo and you're ostracized to a great extent by the population. You're either a twin or you're wrong. There's something wrong with you. And uh, Ayla's brother, Mecht, is a solo and never really quite fit in. He's... He he went a little bit apeshit crazy and has to be uh, on medication to deal with that. But so... She's, Ayla's kind of crushed by the loss of her, her twin, her brother. So she goes back to Winath to try and, you know, go back home to the family and, and fit in. And Winath is an agricultural world. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the plot thickens. Something happens on Winath that, that, that's really cool. In issue three, it focuses on Brawl. And the, the artist on this is Paul Rivash. Dave, you have to, Dave, oh my god! I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> Dave, did you Dave, David. Call that Dave? I did, I didn't oh, know what was uh, up. All right, what the hell? That's cool. 
No, it's not my fault. I'm trying to remember everything I read in this. David, Paul Ravash, you have to read this. I know it's not any good now because everything I say after that is... I don't even hear you. I just... It's... it's, it's, it's But Darwin Cook shows up in issue two. Darwin freaking... Yes. The, the, The roster of artists on this miniseries, they said it in the, in one of the letters pages. They said, we are going to try and mix it up and, and give you artists that you probably would associate with the Legion and some maybe you wouldn't. The lead story in issue four, where we go to Xanthu, is drawn by Duncan Rouleau. Ah, one yeah. of the men of action. Yes, the Probably backup less, story. Less, the least known of them. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, these are double-sized issues, by the way. The backup story is drawn by Rick Leonardi and Al Williamson. Oh, now oh. we're talking. It's nuts. The caliber of art on, on this miniseries is fantastic. Issue 5, which is a Karate Kid issue on Steeple, uh, is drawn by Steve Dillon and inked by Klaus Janssen. Wow. Nuts. Nuts. Um, who did the backup on this? Um, Jamie Tog- Togelson. Well, and Tom, Tom McCraw. But, um, I think Olivier Quapel did one of these too. Yeah. Let okay. me see. Going through my, uh, yeah, Quapel did the backup Dang. for issue two one. This is a kicking series. Uh-huh. And again, again, I don't know. If it's been collected. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. But it's nuts. Darwin Cook. That is Quapel. Reason why it hasn't been collected? Because of the subject matter. Legion does not sell. And that's Nah, that, it can't be that man. It continues to bug like Sergeant Rock and shit. Well yeah, <laughs> Wait a more. Minute. Who doesn't love back, war? Back Joe Kubert. I'm saying it doesn't sell though. Not to the extent that I'm like they reprinted like that unknown soldier run, like the like the <laughs> modern true. one, yeah, or that nice. uh, what was it the um or the Phantom Tank, Haunted, Haunted tank. Tank. tank, whatever the Phantom Tank. There was that. There was what was it the question that, that that Tommy Lee Edwards drew that, that I don't know how many people read. Two girls, one tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dick! You said you dick. <laughs> I cannot but, believe you called that Dave. That is incredible. No, it's it's honestly not my fault because the, I wasn't engaged. I was trying to think about the book in my hand, and it just came out. I didn't. He knows I didn't mean it. I'm like a Sicilian Indian over here. I got the one tear coming years, down. Man. I do. I'm kicking garbage around. What's wrong with me? But uh, it's just for the record. Why don't you scan these books for me and then let me read them? <laughs> you got nothing else to do. Yeah. Oh shit. I. I have them digitally already. Oh, perfect. Good. Yeah. But is there any the, comic you don't own a copy of digitally? <laughs> you must have petabytes of comics in your house. I do. It's only for reference. Of course. But I do. I do. I, do. I have everything. Well, we know you hate reading shit digitally, so yeah, it would have to be only for reference. It It, it is absolutely only for reference, but... I have to admit, out of all these stellar artists mm-hmm. in this series... The MVP, mm-hmm. Paul Rivash. The issue is phenomenal. It's astounding. Um, the, the detail and the, 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 uh, 
enthusiasm that is inherent on every page is just amazing. It it was a, an absolute joy to read. And I don't I love comics, but I don't always find great joy in them. Like w- w- there, there's a there's a level that I maintain. It's like it's love, but joy is I think a notch above just standard love. Like we all love comics. You can read something and 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 it's like yeah. Yeah, I love that. But this is when I got done with this issue, I was overjoyed. I'm like, man, that was a great comic. Yeah, and they're like all that next level. They're all done in one, but there's a link it's a in every, every alpha flight. Well, the burns the first twelve issues. Well, naturally, got <laughs> yeah. that burn Avengers omnibus on my last DCBS shipment. No kidding. Is is it what's West Coast the, or just everything? No, it's no. It's, uh, it's not West Coast, in fact, because they, they, they put out the West Coast Avengers Omnibus separately. Uh, hold on a second. I'll tell you what it is. But I'm in it while you're doing that. I'm on a quest mm-hmm. to complete my Legion collection. Good. I want a complete physical run of every Legion book ever published. And it's not going to be easy. I just finished... Um, the Legion acronym series done. I have them all. Right. Uh, now I'm going to fill in the holes in Legionnaires and then maybe I'll move back to, um, volume two mm-hmm. of Legion. But, and, and it's, it's, it's not an easy task. It's not going to be super expensive because they're all moderately pr- priced. Then you'll always have one or two issues that are like boing. They jump up to like 20 some bucks. Right. I don't know. I don't know why. But, but that's my eye. I'm sure I can find them other places cheaper. Let's see here. And it sucks because the local comic shop, mm-hmm. he has a, a massive selection, does not have Legion back issues. What? I, I'm mystified. Like, why? Okay. Maybe because, again, there's not a huge demand for them. Oh. Boy, uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, no, you know what actually is a West Coast Avengers. My bad. I want, this is strange then. I, I guess this means I double dipped. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's West Coast Avengers 42 through 46, Avengers West Coast 47 through 62, Annual 4, Avengers 305 to 318, and Annual 18. Alright, so no, that is different than the two West Coast Avengers on the It's the stuff that came after that. I wasn't crazy about West Coast Avengers. You guys are nuts, man. You always say that. No, 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 no. Not, let me let me clarify. The burn stuff wasn't all that great. It was okay. I think the the gold in the West Coast Avengers run is like maybe the first twenty. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. But any Avengers is good Avengers in my book. The thing issues are fantastic. I love those. It was a lot of. It was fun. I don't know. It was a fun series. I like. Very fun series. And when you got the Grim Reaper, how could you not have fun? It's so true. He's the best. So true. What else do we have? David. Vince. Did you read any of Panic in the Sky yet? I have it actually right here. I did not because... I want to warn you before you do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There are problems with this. No, there can't be. There is. I mean, aside from the fact that I'm not really in love with... DC's trade packaging. What do you mean? You don't like the paper? Uh, no, the paper's fine. It's the 
it's the uh, the binding. There's it's you can't. There's it's the too front close cover, in the middle. The front cover kicks to the left when you're reading it. Did you notice that? I hang to the left. <laughs> oh boy. But I mean, the thing I want to alert you to, and you are going to, it, it's going to bother you a lot more than it did me. Um, on certain pages, it seems like the black line art just fell out. Disappeared. And it's not the whole page. It's like. Yeah, but you know what? No, you know why it won't bother me? Because I've seen that on the Grummet Hazelwood issues even way back then. Really? Yeah. I see. I didn't remember yeah, it. No, it for whatever reason, it it just only their only their issues. I don't know if it's their style. I don't know whatever the hell Hazelwood was doing. I don't no. know what was going on. This is not style. This is this is a fight. no. I don't mean a style. I just mean I don't know what it was about that team up that that series that because uh, they were doing adventures. Um, I don't know why that would happen because. But, but this is McLeod and Rodeo. Oh, is it's happening on those two? Yeah, go to go to oh, action. Oh wait, yeah, I'm looking at. See it, action six seventy five, where double X is is um, it's These a middle pan. Numbered? What the deuce? No, they're not numbered. They're not. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the prologue though. The uh, oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah. That was nice to do that. Um, no, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Oh. Now that I have this in my hand, there were two things I enjoyed about new Super Hyphen Man. Well, that's good. What was the second? The can that Fat Boy gave him was what? <laughs> Soda. Soda Cola. Soda Cola. <laughs> it's never going to die. Uh, no, I, man, when, when, when Panic in the Sky first came out, I was, Beside myself, I was like, "It's a great, story. yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun." But I, I, I want you to see this panel because it's, it's all right. So dub, I'm, I'm double action six seventy five. Where'd you say it was? Yeah. It's, it's about keep going, keep going to the page where, um, on the on the left hand side, Brainiac is talking to Maxima. It's it's Brainiac and Maxima. Look on the facing page. It's um. Double X is the the line art just dropped out. It's the and Draga's on the on the on the next to him, and it's weird because the background, oh, the yeah, line, yeah, yeah, yeah. line art, in the background is there. The foreground, the line so art are disappeared. They not there are they? No, it's stupid. Don't understand is it, is it. A hologram. And it's and there are other pages where the 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 black line art is very very thin. And choppy, and it, it's it looks like a printing defect to me, because pages surrounding it are not the same way. There are imperfections in this. Yeah, this the same thing when when you get to the next issue, which was um, Bogdanov and, and Man of Steel, the Kilowog's costume. There isn't. It, it's just like the colorist is like, listen, I know that there's green and there's gray. On the right. suit, so I don't care if there's a line. And I, I, you know, like it, it was odd back then, but seeing it on this in here again, with all the detail Bogdanov does on everybody, 
Captain Marvel is so out of place in just the bright red suit with no detail. You know why he did that? Well, because it's C.C. Beck. Right. Yeah. That's great. But that bothers you. It's fitting, but it just, it, it, yes, because it, it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb when you look at it, when I look at everything else. Are you looking at the page with Barda and Mr. Miracle on the bottom? Look at Barda. That is a great drawing. Her waist is all thin. She's got a big old booty. Uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a great story, but the, the, the reproduction in this, in this trade is not all that. Yeah, she great. does that thin, little, little skinny waist. Yeah. I like the way, um, was it McLeod draws, uh, fire too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But considering we got the thing for 10 bucks, I'm not gonna bitch. Yeah, I mean, going down a memory lane like that ain't no thing. And it's a pretty thick trade. It is. It is. Which is, leads to my issue with the with, with having to really kind of just lay it flat in order to read the whole thing from page to page but right. what else do we have well i uh have been a little remiss in staying current on uh one of my favorite uh rick remender series low no well, that's you right? i'm current on that though uh no deadly class son yeah i, oh. I have to catch up I'm so I read 18, 19, 20, and 21 Oof. this week. Written by Rick, written by Rick Remender. Drawn just, just astoundingly well by Wes Craig. Yes, um, truth. It's, it's the next, it's, it's parts two through five of the finals arc, which is the last time I talked about this book was issue 17, and that is where it's uh, finals week, and we come to find out that any of the non-legacy members of the Atelier School are called rats. And as it turns out, the final exam is that the rats become the hunted, and all of the legacy students must try and kill the rats as their final exam. And Oof. the rats must stay alive. It's brutal. Very brutal. Um, so Marcus and Petra and Billy go on the run. Um, uh, you have, um, Saya and, and Willie who are caught in the middle because they are legacies, but also are friends slash lovers with those other people. Um, you've got, um, uh, you've got the other characters that we've come to know, uh, like Victor and, uh, and, uh, like his whole crew and, uh, there's this kid, Polly, and there's, of course, Shab, you know, Shabnam, who's the kind of fat, goofy kid who, in his own ways, that he's become the kingpin and just shit starts going down and popping off. And, uh, since, since Dap isn't caught up yet either, I, I won't get into spoilers, but I will say that, you know, this is not, nor, nor should you have ever thought was, this was going to be a book with, book with happy endings. Uh, people are getting taken out left and right. They're getting got. Uh, Damn. Yes, it's rough out there. Is it us. wrapping up? I mean, and obviously, I don't think it's. You know, I'm not sure. Um, the 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 last page of the of issue number twenty one makes it pretty hard to understand uh how the book's going to go on for much longer. But 
I just saw in previews the issue 22 is solicited, so I'm not quite sure about that. But I will tell you that uh, this book is just a tour de force. There's so much, so many situations of people backstabbing one another or preemptively taking out one another because they don't want to be backstabbed and uh, twists where you think someone's got the upper hand and then they don't. And then the person you thought that had the upper hand on them turns out not to have the upper hand because someone else has the upper hand on them. Um, it's super powerful stuff. And, and Craig is just, uh, I don't really even know how to describe his art style to someone that hasn't seen it. It's, it's relatively simplistic line work. Like it's not, it's not hyper detailed backgrounds, things like that. But his choice of panel layout is so smart. And he's able, he does, like, he's able to convey the story in a way that it's not static. It's not just panels of things. It's, he uses the whole page, but not as a one, not as a splash, but he, he uses a lot of really smart graphical and, um, like, like, like pop art stylings on the periphery of a page to, to make you focus on the things that matter. And, uh, I, I generally think there's no one else doing comics that looks like him. I, I think he's very, very unique. And, uh, a perfect for this, for this type of work. Um, and, you know, I've come to love all these characters in their own way, at least care about them. So seeing them get taken out by each other is rough. It's rough, rough going. Yeah. But, uh, it pulls at the heartstrings for sure. So it's awesome. I, I would get into much more detail, but I don't want to, I mean, I dap his, uh, I'll catch up. Read it up. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a hell of a book. And I don't know if 22 is the end of this arc or not, but it probably, it must be, or it must be getting close. So it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. All the, the, um, the ones that were, um, critical darlings when they first started coming out, they're getting long in the tooth. What do you mean? 20 some issues for, um, Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. I know Low is on, yeah. um, it's up there. Sagas in the twenties. Um, Sagas yeah. in the thirties. Or the thirties, yeah. rather. Um, in the thirties. I mean, it's just in like the high twenties. Time flies. Yep. Get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? I um, there was well, there's one thing we could probably take team on before the night's over. But first, I okay. um, well, something you wanted us to talk about last week. I don't know if Jason got a chance to read it. What's this? That was a um, it was a story that really probably didn't need to be told, but at least it was nice to look at. That would be the uh, Dark Knight Returns: The Last Crusade. But oh my goodness, what? That's not what I want to talk about. Every story needs to be told. Okay. Um, like I said, I don't know if <laughs> Chase read it though, so I'm going to leave it alone. He probably didn't. We're not going to talk about it. What does it matter? Nothing. <laughs> I know Vince wanted to talk about it. So. It's a, it's a great piece of work. You should read it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, issue 59 is the penultimate issue of the current IDW Star Trek series. Hmm. Oh, who knew? Uh, I didn't. Yeah, but tell him why 59 is the penultimate issue. I think it's very smart. It is. It's slick. Because issue 60 would make it five years wrapping up their five-year mission. Isn't that cool? 
So we'll see what happens after Beyond, what the next series may be, because I haven't checked previews. I have, I'm not up to the IDW section yet, so I don't know what they have. They have a bunch of other Star Trek books out there. They have, you know, Starfleet Academy, things like that. So I don't think they're not going to have any Star Trek series uh, with the new, with, with the 2.0 Trek. But in any case, this issue, this, this caught my eye, because I'm not... I haven't read every single issue of IDW Star Trek. I've read the miniseries. I've read some things here and there. Uh, mostly though, art plays a hand in it. So I don't, um, like I said, I'll, I'll go back and read them, but I haven't been keeping up with them. But this one, somebody posted a, uh, a, a panel on the, one of the Star Trek groups on Facebook and it was, the current Star Trek crew, but it was the James Doohan Montgomery Scott. This issue's nuts. This issue is called Connection, part one of two. And it is told, it is written by Mike Johnson, art by Tony Shastine. It is, every page is cut in half, top and bottom. The top half is starts off with Captain Kirk, but the James Tiberius Kirk from the 2.0 universe waking up in the bedroom of the William Shatner's Captain Kirk Enterprise. <laughs> and the bottom panel is William Shatner waking up in Christopher Pines. It's crazy. So we see the... uh as as each captain is making their way to the bridge, the, they think their bridge. They're they're walking. Everything is where it's supposed to be. All the buttons, all the panels, everything is there. Everything just looks different. And uh, even the clothes, the colors are kind of the same. It's just there's some details that are a little different. Uh, they make their way to the bridge. Something isn't quite right. The first thing that happens is the uh, the new Kirk looks at old Spock and says, wow, this is a younger version of the Spock I met on Delta Vega. But, of course, young original Spock, no idea what the hell Captain Kirk is talking about. Every, the captain looks like he's supposed to in the eyes of the crew. It's just the captain has no idea what the hell's going on. Um, both Spocks. Call Sig Bay, ask McCoy to come to the bridge. Uh, they, um, the McCoys sedate the Kirks. The Kirks wake up in their own bodies, in their own enterprises. Everything is fine. What's funny is when, um, when Shatner wakes up, he says, he says, yeah, when I got to the bridge, um, everything was brighter. The lights flared. Uh, there were panes of glass just standing there on the bridge. Um, when, and it's not only happening to the Kirks because, um, Spock goes to his quarters, goes to lie down in bed and 2.0 Spock startles the shell nickels and she's like, what the fuck are you doing in my bed? Whereas, uh, <laughs> 2.0 Spock or, or Leonard Nimoy Spock, he's in his room and in comes Zoe Saldana and she's like, 
all right, so, you know, you're ready to call it a day. And he's like, well, I, I must be in the wrong room. Yeah, excuse me. I apologize. And so everything is all, all getting freaky when, um, uh, Scotty has no idea what the hell's going on. He says, um, he, he's looking at the control panels and uh, on the bridge and he's like, what the hell's with all the buttons and the lights? When, when James Doohan sees, uh, the, uh, I keep forgetting his name, but the little, yeah. Silent little yeah, dude. The, yeah. The, um, he's like, "What do you get the hell away from me, you wee monster?" But <laughs> you have um, McCoy's like, "I didn't recognize my patients in my own sick bay." But the 2.0 McCoy is like, "And I wasn't dreaming when my sick bay turned into a damn prison hospital." It's like everybody has shit to say about whatever the current or the past enterprise is, which I found absolutely. Fantastic because anybody no, who issue. was yeah. anybody who has a problem with the Abrams and the lens flare and, and how bright the Enterprise looks has it, it, it's it's justified in this issue and anybody who thinks the old Enterprise was sterile and 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 drab and just all angular and and wasn't aesthetically pleasing is is justified reading this issue but everything is happening at the same time what I and and both enterprises release a probe to 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 examine this anomaly because obviously something is going on and is affecting everybody. Um, when the probes report back, it's each other's enterprises probes that they have picked up, and then that we continue into issue sixty. What the part that bugged me, it, and that's it didn't bug me as far as the story goes. It's because I'm not current on the Star Trek stuff. When the um when the Kirks are trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, the William Shatner Kirk is assuming that Trelane is up to something. This must be, this must be one of his ploys. I know he's got to have a hand in this. This is his doing. Whereas the 2.0, the Chris Pine Kirk says that Q's come back to mess with us again. And I am kicking myself for not knowing that there is a Star Trek 2.0 story where Q made an appearance. Yeah. Because that, that was my question for you too. I was like, when did, when Q did that happen? Right? Cause it's, yeah. cause Q's the next generation and, and, and the Deep Space Nine guest. It's, it's to, to know that he would actually fuck with an alternate timeline Star Trek original series crew is, is, uh, that's that's something I need to read, so I gotta find out what issues those are. But everything is it's it's extremely well done in the way that the story is laid out with with, with the pacing and, and it's everything is happening at the same time for each crew, for each bridge, for each each enterprise. Um but I think the way they have to play out um the differences between the technology, between the way everything looks, between the clothing um, cause even when someone looks at a reflection in the mirror, they're, they don't see themselves. When Chris Pine looks in the glass, he, he sees William Shatner looking back at him and, and vice versa. So, uh, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was a lot of fun and, and it was crazy and I'm, I'm dying to see who the hell's behind it. And, and, you know, I just, I don't know. Um, no, it's a, it's a hell of a way to end. Uh, your five-year mission, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to see where it's going. 
or how it wraps up at least. But this was, this was great. And everybody looks, everybody looks real, real, they're, they're not, they're not so lifeless where it's just a, a stock photo of, of, of the reference material. There's Shastine, yeah. you know, made, made some tweaks and even though you can tell it's the Frost Kelly, um, there's, there's enough there where he actually drew yeah. Kelly or, or Zachary. He, everything, everything fits. Everything looks good. You can tell who the, the 2.0 characters are, who the original series characters are. It just, it, it absolutely works. And, and I think, uh, I think you're, if you're a fan of either iteration, you'll, um, you'll enjoy this. Totally agree. Nice. I think it's, it was an astounding issue. Yeah. Cool concept. I've always wondered, you know, I mean, because obviously you see the first movie, you know that the original timeline still existed. It just it made changes and, and Spock's universe still, the original Spock's universe still exists. Everything is, everything that happened still happened. It didn't go away. Um, mm-hmm. but there's, uh, there's obviously been enough changes, whereas, you know, Kirk's father didn't survive his mission and, and, and see him graduate the academy and things like that. So, um, to see the original series crossover or, or interact in any way with the reboot is, um, yep. yeah. Because Chekhov doesn't know who Q is. That's the cool right, part. Right, yeah. He's like, he's like, who the hell is Q, who's, who's this Q? He's like, yeah. who's Trelane, Captain? Yeah, no, that was good. I liked it. Yeah. What did you all think of uh, of uh, our man uh, Sulu not being happy that Sulu was, uh, that they turned Sulu gay? I think. The, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, he, he was the, he's the original Sulu. You know, he obviously was never played that way. He, um, he's, he has a daughter in, in, in the original series universe. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, hell, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris has kids. I, 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 I know gay people who are married and aren't well, now. George, so George Takei said that he, his issue with it was obviously not that the character was gay because George Takei is gay, but was that he knew Gene Roddenberry really well. And the gene was like Tolkien-esque in that every facet of, of his universe was carefully planned. I mean, there was no, there was no stone left unturned and, and Roddenberry definitely did not intend for Sulu to be a gay man. And so Takai's view was like, I get what they're doing it, but I just, I would prefer that they stay true to the source material. Create a new gay character. Yeah, and if you want to have a gay character, have I a gay character. That. And I, I mean, I can't front on it. I mean, he's obviously more than entitled to his opinion. He, first of all, like you said, he is Sulu. Second of all, one might imagine they're, they, they, they made this change in a way to pay honor to, to Kai. Yeah. And so if Takai is not vibing with it, like, he's allowed to. I don't, like, I feel like he got some un, 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 unfair brushback for, just expressing his opinion in a very yeah no that's that, that's uncalled for that that yeah. shouldn't happen it was um, yeah but it's it's not the source material it's two point sure. so Sulu well, Sulu can yeah oh yeah Sulu and can be and, and you know and, and again it's yes at, at this point you know if if enough 
depending on what else changed, then then yes, by all means, if may, yes, we know that you know Captain Sulu has a grown daughter. She's in Starfleet. We don't know if because uh, I have not current on the novels or anything like that. I don't know what else Sulu has been going on, but Sulu the. Uh, you know, we don't if out of nowhere. If, uh, <laughs> like Randy Orton. Uh it, oh, it's nice yeah, RKO weeks. Oh, good. No, no, no. The uh Yeah, I don't I mean it's it's not they're not handcuffed to the original. They they can make the change and they're probably with with Yelchin's passing, they, they may have to make some changes as it is now because obviously we know Pavel Chekhov grows to a ripe old age in, in the original series. Course, and yeah. if, if they keep the character, the actor and the character together, then obviously we know Chekhov isn't going to in, in the new series. So, um, no, things can change. I, I, I definitely get where Sky is coming from. Yes, you know, just if the biome is just Bring in someone else, make another, put another bridge member and, and, and make that character gay. Um, I mean, it, it's silly if it was to pay homage to, to, uh, to Takai, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, I'm okay with it, but I, I absolutely 100% get what, uh, what, where George is coming from. Sure, sure. Did y'all back, uh, the latest, uh, Fearless Dawn Kickstarter? Nope. Sadly, I did not. What is the matter with you two? I know. K- Kickstarter? Yeah. Oh, snap. They've been pulling back from Yeah, me. but Why? this Steve what? Mannion, though, dog. I know, love him, but w- what was the perks? What did you get? Well, I, ba- I just, I, I just, I bought the comic. I backed the comic. I mean, that was the... But they're, they're eventually offered in previews. I, I'm, I, but this... I'm, I gotta support our man Steve. He's not exactly, that's what he does for a living. Okay. In any event, Fearless Dawn Helga's story reached my, my mailbox in the last few days. Got fulfilled. Now to, your, to answer your question, Vince, he also included signed copies of all the other Fearless Dawn issues. Well, there you go. But as you know, I already owned them, but that's still very cool. Um, but yeah, man, so our boy Steve Mannion, uh, gives us Helga's origin story in this issue. Mm. So we're, we're taken to a young Helga who has just given up life as a prostitute. And she has become a hit woman, quasi vigilante, quasi hit woman, uh, in Belgrada, her town. And, uh, also trying to keep her roommate clean because her roommate's on the pipe. <laughs> and, uh, Eventually things come to a head and, uh, it seems like she's maybe in a really tough spot and then the other, uh, folks come by and essentially capture slash rescue her and imply that, that they're about to take her off to training to become the character that we've seen in, uh, in other issues. The trade killing machine. But, uh, I'm telling you, man, that few, few people in the comics game can draw the women's like Steve can. Agreed. It's, it's pretty astounding stuff. Not only the women's, but the dinosaurs, and oh, the creatures, yeah. Yeah. and the the weaponry, and the he's he's an oh, for sure. amazing artist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this book, this issue is a little more subdued in that sense because it's it's set with her as a 
like a young woman in this town. So there really isn't too much over the top in terms of uh, creatures or extra supernatural things. But, uh, but, but this is heavy on the women's this one. I love it. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Uh, And like you said, it'll be available. It may even be available on his website. I'm not sure. Probably should have checked that, but uh, it's always nice to get a little fearless Don. For real, you know, you you guys uh, turned me on to Mannion stuff like one of the first New York Comic Cons. Yep, we were digging in the crates. Maybe it was C two E two. We were digging in the crates. Yeah, and we found that collection of uh, the bomb. Bomb. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So loved him ever since. Masterful. Yeah. I don't understand, uh, maybe he just doesn't want to, but why are the big two not tapping him for, um, covers at least? I presume, like you said, he does, he's not into it. That's, right. I can only, like, I can only presume. He seems like a very indie dude, right? I mean, he's, yeah, he's his own yeah. life, so. Hey, he needs some scratch though. Don't need a little gorilla. He's a married man. He's got a kid, you know? Yeah. Living in North Kakalaka. <laughs> Oh, what else? Do we want to talk about anything else? Because I got more. Of course we do. It's only dude. uh, it's only eleven oh nine. Dude, Sabrina number six came out this yes, week. Yes, it did. Did you get it? I I I have it coming. It'll be here oh. tomorrow. Say no more. No, dude, I'm 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 behind. I haven't read five. Uh, five. It's an interlude issue. Uh. Yeah, the first arc uh wrapped up with five. Yeah. The, the next big art is gonna start with seven. So this, it, it's a, it's an extra size issue because it was $4.99. Okay. We get the backstory on both Salem mm-hmm. and Ambrose's Cobras. Ah. So it's a familiar issue telling the story of, of how these people came to be trapped in animal bodies. Nice. It's great. Um, it is the raw, rawest Sabrina issue to date. Wow. There's nudity. Yeah, there's, there's nudity in it. Is there dudity? There's, uh, no, there's, um, sexuality. Someone gets pregnant and, uh, uh, well, Salem's the father and doesn't want anything to do with the kid. Okay. And so, um, let's just say a, a surrogate dad steps in. And it's not a person you would want to have to deal with mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, and Ambrose's Cobras, um, it's, it mixes Kipling with, um, Ricky Tiki Tavi and the Crucible. Like there's oh, a lot of influence, so a lot of influences in this issue. Uh, but Hack is, is really amazing. Uh, renders it all beautifully. Um, and then in the back, you get uh, a reprint of a classic Sabrina tale by um, DiCarlo, Dan DiCarlo. So it's all good, right? Uh, if you haven't read this series, this may be the issue to start with, mm-hmm. just to see if you like it. Um, Sabrina only appears in the last page. So it's it's all a supporting cast issue. Great stuff. Loved it. And we got what? How many issues of Sabrina this year already? Two. It's, a, so, it's on a tear. Yeah, it's on a real tear. <laughs> they address that problem. I'm sure they on do le- on, on one of the text pages in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I cannot get enough of the Archie horror stuff. Yeah, it's very, very innovative stuff. I really want you to get caught up, uh, both of you, on um, Afterlife with Archie. Yeah, I will. I will. Because it is doom and friggin' mm-hmm. gloom. And it's not zombie perpetrated. It's from the, it, it, it originates with a human being. You're gonna, you're gonna shit when you read it. I can't wait. Yeah. Joe read Department H number two. I didn't read that. I have one with three right, sitting here right next to me. Oh, yeah. Really? Really? Yep. Really? All right. Did you read Bloodshot? (laughs) There you go. Touche. Read Punisher number two? I didn't like number one. I think he'd read Bloodshot. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. If if you didn't like Department H number one, then I would understand you not reading two and three. But the Punisher, since I didn't like the Punisher number one. I love doing this. I don't this. plan on reading well, Punisher. Make, well, it makes me think I was only talking to you. <laughs> oh, that's a point. I see how you roll. No, I didn't read one yet. It's it's not on my... All right, here, I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Are, are you current on Secret Wars 2? Uh, I'm sorry, Civil I have not read a single page. No, I haven't read anything from Civil War 2 yet. All right, because a character kind of sort of dies. Well, I, I mean, in the first issue? No, in the latest issue. Oh, da- da- I was chatting with Daryl a little bit today, and he asked me if we were going to talk about Civil War 2, number 3, and I said, i I got to read 1 and 2 first. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't so read I didn't any. buy them. I, don't, I doubt I'm going to talk about them. Okay. I just wanted to see, you know, uh, hear your opinion of it, but not having read it. Well, I'm, I'm really not planning on reading it, so why don't you tell me who died now? I'll... I, I, I don't want to say it. Maybe David will read it. <laughs> I don't think David was planning on reading it, though. I thought we all agreed we had no interest in reading this one. Yeah, no, we did agree. Now, I think uh, spoilers. If you're re- if you're reading Civil War two, and you're not current, fast forward. Okay. I guess the Hulk dies. Like the Amadeus Cho Hulk, Bruce Banner. Uh, no, the Banner Hulk. I guess um, from what I've gleaned from these infuriated posts that I've read here and there, Hawkeye shoots him in. And, and kills him or kills Banner. Uh, it, it doesn't. How I don't know. Get angry about these things. I felt the same way, but you know, again, like not having read it, He'll I just wanted. To see, I actually wanted to pick your brains as Where's to he the, been anyway? the actual. The, I don't know the actual information, but this is a whole segment of nothing because none of us know what we're talking about. No, about yeah. This. But so, uh, um, yeah, the Hulk, Hulk is killed, okay. and I just wanted to know the the circumstances around it. Did you all read Cap number two? Yes, I mentioned it last week, but yeah. Oh, that's right, you did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I well, just, I was just make, trying to make the parallel though of like people getting all up in bed. Oh, oh, yeah, no, the butt hurt. It's like I'm surprised. I can't believe how there was no outrage. Nobody wrote anything about. Yeah, that's right. Number two, it, yeah. and, and after, oh god, it just it's so fucking frustrating. The faux outrage. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, you know, this, I, how many times have we said, oh, I'm not going to get caught up in the event again. And then every, every time I get caught up in the event. So this time I'm going to stick to it. I'm just not going to, not going to read it. And then again, if it, if it bubbles up to the surface and everyone's like raving about it and saying how Ben just pulled it off, then it's, there'll be a collected edition for me to, to peep, right? I'm for sure of that. So yeah. Well, I guess here's the poop. 
Banner gave Hawkeye a special kind of arrow to use on him should he ever appear to go on a rampage. Okay. Like if it was in dire, yeah. If if you have to remove me from the board, here's the thing to to do. Right. Here's the, the the weapon, and I guess circumstances led Hawkeye to killing um, either Banner or Banner slash Hulk or uh, mid transformation. I don't know how it worked, but the Hulk is is Banner and the Hulk are, are, are dead. Okay. Did anybody die in the second issue? Are they averaging a death on every month, or just? I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I mean, should we have bets as to who comes back first, uh, Wolverine or the Hulk? Yeah, I think uh, the Hulk will come back first. I do too. Me too, because I think they've they've jumped through that Wolverine hurdle by having uh, Old Man Logan X- in the in the universe now. Yeah, yeah. and X two. She's running around, yeah, right? True. Yeah, the yes, she is not Wolverine. She's not Wolverine. Yeah, that's a good awesome. series, man. For real. Marcio Takara, too, getting it done. Good. Yeah, I like that series a lot. I'm a little afraid because I have no desire to read any Marvel, and I don't know why. Are you going cycles, man? No, it's just nothing. Agreed. I did get the Weird World stuff in my last box, Uh so I'm going to read that up. But I saw the announcements of of the, the new Marvel Now Nothing really um, interests me. No. And, like, I should be jumping up and down because Stegman's going back on on some version of Spider-Man, but mm. it it's the... the um, Renew Your Vows. Yeah. Renew Your Vows series. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to read that. <laughs> it's like, take with one hand. Give, it, it really is. It's it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And, well, I'm still reading a lot of Marvel, so I can't really talk about that, but... I mean, I, I'm... Enjoying Doctor Strange, Black Panther, yep. Power Man, Iron Fist, yep. Black Widow. Yep. Okay, is, that, yeah, I forgot about Doctor there Strange. Is, there is a lot of of Marvel that I'm enjoying. Um, Squadron Supreme. I'm not current on everything, right? Squadron Supreme. Uh, you hear who's coming on Black Panther? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, Chris Batista. Yeah. I haven't heard his Wait, name in quite no, a while. No. Yes. Yeah, Chris Batista. No, Chris Sprouse. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It's Sprouse. I saw that on Facebook. Yes. Oh, then never mind. I me. thought it was. Chris well, Brown. I don't love Chris Sprouse. Man. Yeah, Chris Sprouse is. Especially after talking about all that Legion shit. Don't even come at us with with that. Oh, it's Chris no, man. Whips. ABC uh, Comics, son. Son. But but since since we brought up Marvel and and Spidey more or less, yeah. Um, I. Because we're, we're we're gonna keep it positive, so it's just just real quick. Keep it one hundred. It is. What does that mean? <laughs> like on the up and up. Keep it. It true. is. It's it's oh. it's become a chore to read Amazing Spider-Man. Hell yeah! I think that's part. I was gonna say that's part of why Vince is having troubles right now. I I feel like like Spider-Man's like y'all's tent poles. So Spider-Man's the anchor. It's, uh, and that now Fantastic Four not being around. If, you just, it's, you're not getting your anchor points. It's I, between underneath the ugly Ross covers and then you have, you, you're, you're going to follow Zodiac with Regent. It's just, and, and the, and the, there were quips between 
Peter and Tony and and then Spider-Man and Iron Man. It's just Miles is like, you know, the I, I hate it when mommy and daddy fight. And it's just it's like you're grown ass. Man. And the whole I have no idea what the fuck's going on with Tony because he has no recollection of Peter and Mary Jane and Jarvis and May shagging up an Avengers Tower from way back when. And it's just so that's that's confusing enough. Just and it's not even really worth my time to investigate it right now. But there's just i just it's it's not it's tough even when even when he's got the world on his shoulders spider-man should still be fun to read and this is not no i totally agree with you interesting yep it's and i would use this word and i feel completely comfortable using it the book is soulless there's no heart there's no heart i would i would yes Wow. And that's the thing. It's like, and and there are little things that are carried over from his Superior Spider-Man run, from from when he did yeah. the old Amazing Spider. I mean, the, with you know, Doc Ock is still in there, so he's he's going to be coming back. And and there's, it feels like Peter's acting. It doesn't ring yeah, true. He's he's wearing someone else's skin and just putting yeah. on this 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 show that you know I'm I'm. This great industrialist and, and my webware is gone. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm waiting for him to wake up from the dream. This is right. all just. The, the success does not fit. It's all make believe. Yep. Mm, interesting. I don't know, man. Hurts my heart that I can't. I know. And, and, get, you know, and, and props. If, if you're enjoying it, if you're reading it, if you're digging it, if everything's cool with you, if, if, if you like seeing Peter like this, cause you know, everything. Some good should happen in someone's life, then I'm I'm happy that there's a Spider-Man book that that, that you can be digging. But it's not this. This is not my Amazing Spider-Man. No. Mm-hmm. See, it's uh, Chris was right. It is uh, cyclical because that was not our Superman. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and we got our Superman kind of sort of back. Yeah. Cr- fingers crossed because it's looking like that's the way it's going to be. And now it's not our. Well, and aren't you? Son. I mean, I would presume a series called Renew Your Vows is meant to bring back that Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, with that. There's, I, Slot wrote the Renew Your Vows from Secret Wars, and and you know, and we had M2, and you know, we, we've had Amazing Spider-Girl, and and there have obviously been offshoots and different timelines. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't even. It doesn't bug me that this was a Secret Wars. Battle world and, and now for some reason it exists again and you're able to tell these stories. But it's, and, and Jerry Conway has written some stories that I've enjoyed over the years. So I, I can't say he's anything. such a peach of a man too. Yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. You know, when you can separate the art from the artist, then you know, you're, you're, but it's Jerry Conway has written some great Spider-Man stories and some really good Justice League of America stories. And it, there's, he's, he is good. He is good at what he does. He is. He is. I, I, I find him intolerable as a human right, being. Right. Absolutely. He's a good writer, though. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting that it's not that interesting that he would write a story, write a series where you know Mary Jane is in Peter Parker's life. But hello there. Hello there. The, uh, but renew your vows was not one of my favorite. Mm-mm. Secret Wars tie-ins, and and so it's Mary Jane married to Peter Parker, and their daughter, who has powers, and it's it's 
I'm already getting that though in the current Superman books with Superman and Lois and Jonathan. So I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's great that Stegman's drawing it. And at least it should be the Spider-Man that I'm kind of used to as far as the uniform, the outfit and, and, and whatever problems he's having. But, you know, we, we've had Peter and Mary Jane with a kid. Like I said, an amazing spider girl. It's, it's not unfamiliar territory, but, um, it's like if it was Conway and Stegman doing, you know, pre-Secret War Spider-Man, cool, but it's renew your vows and, and that's, yeah, you gotta take the good with the bad. Mm. There you go. And there was really no mention of Amazing in that list of Marvel now. The only Spider-Man was um, Renew Your Vows. I think it is, you know, I think we do underestimate as, li- as lifelong fans of certain universes the importance of having those tent poles that can keep you comfortable. Yep. Because, yeah. I mean, the Avengers books right now are not so hot, but Ultimates and A-Force are awesome and very much giving me that Avengers love that I want to have, you know? So as long as there's something, like, it doesn't bother me that the I'm not vibing on the weight Avengers because I got two other things that are filling that, scratching that itch, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. do you think you're not vibing on Wade's Avengers because of the story Wade's telling or the team members making up the Avengers? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I mean, look, uh, I would, I wouldn't be buying it at all at this point if Mahmoud wasn't killing it on the art. I agree. You know, uh, so I'm buying it because Mahmoud's drawing it and that makes it worth having. But, um, they just, it seems, uh, you guys mentioned soulless with Spider-Man. I, I feel like it's soulless. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it, uh. Oh, I'm with you there. They it's this weird sort of, there's no sense of, real camaraderie or urgency and 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 the thing that bothers me with it is I, I've heard other people say the same about the book but I think they're a little bit wrong in the sense that the complaint I hear most often is people don't like the idea of having Nova, Kamala and uh, Miles on the team and I have no issue with that at all and in fact those three are bosom buddies in Nova and Miss Marvel as well I mean they're they're pretty much a trio now hanging out, good friends. And I think in the Nova book, they're portrayed wonderfully together. I think they're portrayed like young, like, like they're buddies and they're, you know, they're getting into adventures together. So I think, I think the characters together work really well. I just think Wade, and it's crazy to say this because Wade is one of the most proven writers in, in superhero comics of our lifetimes, but it just feels like he doesn't quite get all these voices together. I don't, I don't know. It just, it seems like we're so many issues in and there's no real sense of peril, no real sense of doom. And, and, uh, you know, Jarvis is acting like a little bitch and like, it just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't, but we were introduced to the wasp's daughter. Well, you know, and that, I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, that is, that is mildly intriguing. I, I, I don't mind that, but. It's just that, uh, I don't know that like, but yeah, just, just the overall tone of the book. It's, it's my issue is really the way they interact with one another. It seems very stultified and I, uh, I don't know. It just, it just it feels, it just feels very put upon in a way that is so atypical of Wade. It was usually so good at, at dialogue. So, um, I don't know. It just, it almost feels like he doesn't really want to be, be doing this book, but 
but yet I can't imagine that's the case because he's in a position in his career where he probably gets to do whatever book he wants. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. But a force and ultimates are amazing. I mean, ultimates is incredible. I, I mean, that is talk about epic. That is, that is grand epic superhero storytelling. If there ever has been, I will, I, after you update, I will, I'll, I wasn't feeling the first issue. I'll go back to it. Well, I told you once, I mean, they turned Galactus into a life giver. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It's a great concept. And, uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they didn't think about the fact that that might be pretty bad for the universe because it upsets the balance of things, the order of things. Um, and a force is great. I mean, you know, it's, it's another spin out of, of, of secret wars, of course, but, uh, but a, 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 a very interesting group of characters who, and that's the difference, right? I mean, those characters are a strange amalgamation of, of people brought together seemingly out of nowhere, but they interact well together. You, you believe they care about each other. You believe they have a history together. Um, you know, whether it be Miss America or She-Hulk or like, you just believe that they've been allies for a long time and generally love each other. And that's, that's what's missing. I think in the way book for me. Dap, I think it's time for Slot to step down. I think I don't disagree a, with you. He had a great run, fantastic run. If he thought that this new status quo was a good idea, it's time for him to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's if he's writing the um, the the clone story, maybe that's his swan song. Okay, good. Make it so. Picard. <laughs> Picard Here's something for you. If you had your druthers, and again, this is, let's, let's stick with people that we know are actually working in the business at present. Who would you like to see take it over and give it a nice run? Tom King? I, I like that question. I don't know if Tom King even... He's never expressed a desire to write Spider-Man. Well, he's as long DC as exclusive. For yeah, now. he's not going to be writing anything right. soon. Um. Wow. Not Aaron. Not yet. Anyway. He probably you know who does do it. What? You know who do it upright. Who? Dan Jurgens. Mm. No, he would. He gets. He gets the Superman titles. Spider Man is just a neighborhood away from Superman. I like conceptually. I like to see Dennis Hopeless get a shot. That would work. That that I could dig. I was um. How was Jurgens on Thor? Good. Great. Yeah. That great. Ragnarok run was good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. How about Giffen? Unamazing. Man, you're, I, I was, I, that's why I tried to preface this by saying people are actually working in comics right now. They are. Oh, he he's doing the Justice League and the Spooky Apocalypse. I'm teasing. I'm saying, but someone that's not like, Some, someone relevant. 55 years old. Uh, someone might be able to get a kid. Oh my god. Uh, wow. Someone that's actually still scared of getting Zika. <laughs> I, I'm I'm smack dab in the middle of Logan's run here. <laughs> oh, <I'm just> <laughs> oh fuck! I'm glad I made you happy. Seriously. Logan's run and shit. It's all funny and stuff. All right, a young gun. Let's see. Um, David, any suggestions? I, I it's it's a tough question. Who would I want to see on Amazing Spider-Man? Would you be interested in like a, not that this would happen, but like a Scott Snyder? 
Oh, I bet you he'd do a damn good job. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. He can write an ensemble book. That's what amazing really is. You're not just writing Peter, you're writing the the great uh cast of supporting characters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just threw it out there. Try it out with Conway again. Why not? <laughs> Maybe Becky Clooney. I mean she's doing such a good job on Punisher. She oh. but that's okay. No, I don't know. I'd really have to sit down at length and think of I I would need a long list. Of of the dudes currently. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. I've no, I mean, uh, the books I'm reading are are like David Walker or Coates or yeah, Jason Aaron. So there aren't really a lot. I don't know. I, you know, Robinson's fine and all on Squadron Supreme, but I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want him on on Amazing. How about Busick? I mean, that would be awesome. I, I feel like this, is music officially like away off the big two teat now, or is it just coincidence? Oh, he's still doing Astro City. Right. So yeah, but that's oh, a, I don't consider, I just consider that his own thing. That's, that's yeah. Saying, yeah. It's his own thing published by. I mean, you're right. It's, it is technically DCI, but I meant like, but that's his thing. I just, I mean, <laughs> is he done writing big two? Like, it super seems like it. I don't know. I don't know who I would put on amazing. It's a, it's a problem. You think we're going to get Fantastic Four back in the next year or two? No. No? <laughs> nope. It's just not. It's going to get a bummy out. I think we will. No. I don't think till they iron out their, their problems with the, you know, the legal thing that then we'll get it. But see, the one, well, yeah. But now that Avi Arad is on the outs and has no say on the movies anymore, I'm, I'm I, I, I think within two years. Yeah, me too. I'm hoping that whatever problems they have can get ironed out. And wouldn't it be awesome if the Fantastic Four appeared in the second part of Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, it would be. Oh, yeah. Wow. You kind of just blew my mind because I didn't even think about that as a possibility. Well, they did it with Spider-Man in a in a, in a Captain America movie. Although so that not? would be hard because uh, Michael Jordan is going to be in the Black Panther movie, right? Yes. But so it could be a new Fantastic Four just like it was a new Spider-Man. I guess that's true, yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm saying no. not, not the shitty Fantastic Four that just happened last year. Introduce four new actors playing the first family. Oh, yeah, great, yeah. sure. And, and I got the perfect setup. The reason why they were not in the Marvel Universe was because they were out in the negative zone or something for, the whole, the duration from everything from Iron Man 1 to then, and they come back and Reed's computers are freaking out because there's an incredibly powerful thing that could threaten the multiverse mm-hmm. and he's got to help. That would be an awesome way to do it. It's not bad. Yeah. Hire me. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Susie's looking all sexy and shit. Oh, uh, you know she is. Yes. Mm hmm. All right. Hey, no other business. We'll we'll bring this one home. All right. Let's bring it home. All right. Hey, everybody. If you want cheap comics, there's only one place to go. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get them cheap. Get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door. Such as Doom Patrol number one. 99 cents. I was going to wait for the trade, but I said, how can I not? 
99 cents. It's true. Headlapper. What is the tippity tap tip tip top? Headlapper number one volume. No, headlapper volume one. You'll get it. I, Island of Plague. Yeah. Headlopper, 999, 280 pages and from Fanographics. It's Love and Rockets monthly number one, 199. In your travels. If you like the horror comics and who doesn't, I implore you to buy Haunted Horror number 22. Now I usually gush over these, these Haunted Horror books, rightly so. Because if you if you love the pre-code horror as I do, there's only really one place to go. But t- issue 22 serves two purposes. Yes, you get the uh, the usual dose of of ghoulish goings on by the likes of Don Perlin and Sal Trapiani and Basil Wolverton leads off this issue. Um, and the Iger Studio, they're just great reprints, but there's a cool component to this because it's an eerie publications tribute. And the, the guest editor of, of this issue, Mike Howlett, wrote the eerie publications, the, the best, the worst of eerie publications book that was also published by Craig Yell and IDW. And the thing with Myron Fass's Eerie, eerie publications was they would take pre-code horror stories and redraw them. Same story, but they would redraw them to make them look updated and new and fresh. And, and they really weren't. It was just a way of, of producing content on the cheap. And the eerie publications book features stories that are also printed in issue 22, but in 22, they're the original stories before they were redrawn. So you can put them side by side and compare the originals in the comic to the redrawn stories in the hardcover. Awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's a neat little historical peek into, um, what was and what came to be and how they did it and, uh, the, the corners they cut because fast was a, uh, a cheap bastard and he just wanted to flood his magazines with cheap content. So in most cases, I'll be very honest, the originals are better, mm-hmm. but you make that decision for yourself. Buy them both. Haunted Horror number 22, the Erie Publications tribute and the worst of Erie Publications trade, which I believe is 2495 for the hardcover. Do some research. Serve you well. Do it. Yeah. I uh, travels is probably isn't going to go all that quick. Um, Good. I read this over the past couple days. Could not stop. The only reason I did is because I had to sleep. Um, Damn sleep. Yeah. Yeah, pain in my ass. Uh, this is The Alcoholic, original graphic novel published by Vertigo, written by Jonathan Ames, illustrated by Dean Haspiel. Dino! Love them. It is, um, it's something. I definitely recommend this. Uh, it, it's. Oh, yes. Um, this could be my new to me on, on nice. 11 O'Clockers this year. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't read it before. It is a, um, I don't, it, it's, I can't call it 
it's not autobiographical. It, it's the main character is Jonathan A, who looks pretty much like Jonathan Ames. Uh, but Jonathan is the title character. He is the alcoholic. Um, initially, this story starts off hitting very close to home for me. Uh, every weekend in high school, Jonathan and his best friend, Sal, they grew up in Jersey uh, in the 70s. They would get drunk. They'd um, get a keg of beer, a uh, bottle of Southern Comfort, whatever. But Jonathan didn't know when to stop. And so much so that pretty much every weekend he drank Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. He's waking up, puking all over the place. His body just... It, it, it's like he, he refers to it as um, as like binging, except he's puking up the alcohol and not food, binging and purging. So um, he uh, he's not quite sure what the hell's going on with his body. But the uh, there's a situation where it, where where it changes from my high school weekends uh, is the relationship with Sal with Jonathan and his best friend, Sal. And one night while they're both drunk, Jonathan kind of comes to with Sal on top of him. And, and, and they kind of have this awkward sexual exchange, more or less. They never talk about it. Uh, Sal says, yeah, it'll probably be better with girls the next day. When, when it finally, when, when the air is thick, Sal, Cuts the tension and, and they just, you know, and that's pretty much it. But, um, Jonathan keeps drinking, gets into a car accident. There are some times where it, it just, there's a cry for help. He, he stumbles coming into the house up the porch and, and his father just basically thinks that he's a klutz and, um, he, uh, he ends up, um, vomiting in bed and, and throws this, his shirt and, and shorts in the closet and his mother finds it. And he's like, Oh, you know, I had some bad pizza one night and I just, I, I just threw it in the closet, forgot about it. So, I mean, he's making excuses, even though he's kind of, he secretly wants to be pressed on any situation, any issues that, that he may be having by his parents, but they don't, they don't, they don't, bother with it at all they just they, they take what he's saying as as gospel and and that's it they end up dying in a car accident so he's an orphan his uh his great aunt sadie is his only family member that he really talks to um he's he's lived life after high school he uh he went abroad and and uh he's he it's a pretty successful uh, writer, and it, this is where I kind of knew who I who, who the I realized who Jonathan Ames was as he's talking about the books that Jonathan A has written, and and Jonathan Ames, for anybody who doesn't know, is the creator of the HBO series Bored to Death with with Jonathan Schwartzman and and Zach Galifianakis and and Ted Danson, and the uh, the character in that series very much is like the character, the private eye in, in Jonathan A's books. Um, Jonathan is, is desperate for attention. He, uh, 
he meets and falls in love with a with a woman who's about a dozen years younger than him. He's in his thirties at this point. Um, she's uh, actually no, she's in her twenties. But they're enjoying their time together. She ends up moving to San Francisco and that's her name for the rest of the story until she moves to Seattle and then her name becomes Seattle. So he kind of has to just compartmentalize or, or, or disassociate and, and while he's doing all this and he's still pining for her and he still loves her, he's still making himself sick with drinking. Uh, Sadie is his lifeline. He doesn't tell her everything, but he, he tells her just enough so that, uh, he gets some pearls of wisdom from him. Sometimes he acts on it. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, he ends up trying out cocaine thanks to a bartender at a bar. He, uh, he would sometimes go to, um, but he's, it's, it's aside from a flashback where he, he's in a stranger's car, uh, an, an elderly woman who's on the short side. Uh, he comes to in her car while she's trying to mount him. That's when we flash back to the seventies. We get, we catch up to the present day or at least the early two thousands were, um, in, then September 11th happens. There's the, there's dealing with all of that. The, the, the people in his apartment building, there was a, there was a woman, her, her husband was, um, was in the building when, when the planes hit the, uh, so there's a lot. It, it, it's not light. There's, there's some, there's a lot of heaviness going on in this book. Um, but Sadie, is in her nineties now. She falls, she hurts herself. He goes to the hospital. He's, uh, he's taking care of her and, and there's talk of her having to go into a home and there's a lot that he's trying to process and deal with. And, and, and the end of the issue, the end of the story, the end of the book, um, he vows that, uh, you know, he will never drink again. And, and the last page kind of, um, is a bit of a punch because it's, it's one of those, when you see it, you'll kind of, uh, You'll have one reaction or another, but overall, I, the, the art is fantastic. Dino is, is great. There's, there's a lot. Some of it, it can be wordy at times, unnecessarily so because, um, the way, the way the characters' expressions are, are, are drawn and, and body language, every, everything is just, it, it's, it's perfect. It, the words are almost unnecessary in, in some cases. It just, this was a really, really solid pairing. And, you know, you, you kind of, you definitely feel for Jonathan. Um, there are things that he brings on himself. You, you know, after he's done drinking and, and, and snorting coke, he'll go to the bathhouse and just sweat it all out of himself and, and out of his system. And, and he just kind of goes through this whole rinse, lather, repeat thing. And, and, um, as if it, that's going to make him better and healthier. And, but, he, uh, he sees some therapist. It's, like I said, I don't know where Ames ends and, and, and A begins as far. I mean, I'm sure there are some things that there's very, there's some things that happen in this book 
that probably did happen to Jonathan Ames and, or, or he's obviously using life experience to tell A's story, but, uh, it's, it's definitely something I would, uh, I would recommend. Check it out. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent book. It is very, very good. What prompted you to pick it up after all these years? I, I had it. Yeah. But I mean, I like, just, what prompted you to read I don't, it? I had a, uh, I, I dug out, I was cleaning up and I, I pulled a bunch of things out, including Arkham Asylum. And, and this was one mm-hmm. of the things where I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just, it, it's been, it's almost like it's mocking me. It's sitting on top of the pile and I'm just like, yeah, if I don't read it now, I'm going to move it somewhere else and don't know when I'll find it again. So just let me. And once I started reading it, I could not stop. So it wasn't one of those things where I'll just, you know, I'll flip through it, see, see if I need to read it now or if I can read some other things and then sure. get to it. But it just, it, it was too overpowering. It's not. And, and I know that I was. All over the place. It wasn't a, a, a stellar, a solid review, but it's, it's, it, there's a lot going on in this book where you kind of have to experience and I don't want to paint any sort of pictures that will, you're either going to really, this guy's either, Jonathan A is going to really make you sick and, and you're not going to be able to read a story with this guy as the main character or there's going to be something going on in his life where you kind of feel for him or you are familiar with it. And you kind of just get sucked into it. And it's. Well, I think it's a powerful book in the sense that if you personally or anyone in your life that you love has dealt with some form of addiction, in particular alcoholism, then it's, it's going to resonate in a meaningful way. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, I want folks to abandon these, these lurid tales of reality and instead turn their ta- attention to the fantastical. Because the third volume of Manifest Destiny has become upon us. Uh, this is, of course, by the uh, by Image, but by the Skybound imprint, Mr. Kirkman's imprint. It's uh, Chris Dingus and Matthew Roberts. Yes. Uh, and it is, uh, for those that don't recall the reviews of the prior issues trades, it's uh, this is 13 through 18. It's the third arc, and it's uh, a look at... Uh, it's a fictional look at Lewis and Clark's expedition to the United States to do some exploration and mapping. And, um, it's kind of like X-Files meets historical, uh, Lewis and Clark. Um, and they get in some pretty crazy, hairy moments. And at the end of the second arc, we are left with, uh, them having just fended off cannibal frogs and a, uh, sentient plant creature and they uh, stumble upon the St. Louis arch, but it's covered in vegetation. At least, at least it pretty much is you're meant to think it's the St. Louis arch. They don't expressly call it that. Um, And in this volume, we are introduced to their first encounter with another sentient uh, verbal species. These little blue, they're like, they almost look like Blue Howard the Ducks. They're like blue quasi-bear bird things. And they're cannibals, and they come across them. And, uh, they have a, it's sort of an enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, where uh, there's this awful creature, flying creature, that eats these these things all the time. And uh, so Lewis and Clark and their crew get involved with, with 
with trying to stop it. And Vince, you got to see this creature. It's like it's like uh, like man bat only without a head. Ooh, yeah. and man bat like this creature has these like little almost finger like appendages, kind of like the alien, the legs from an alien, um, like a Giger alien, like when it's uh, in a in the like crab sort of carapace form when it's attaching to the face. Yeah. And for some reason, this creature doesn't have a head of its own. So it goes around and it rips off the heads of other things and puts on. I love that. And nice. can use that to communicate. So like there's a couple times in the arc where they like rip the head off or chop the head off. And then he flies around and like grabs a human and just like totally like rips the head off of it with like spinal cord and everything. And then, these like fleshy tentacle things like come out of his orifice and attach the bot attach it to his body. It's it's crazy. It's gross. It's very visceral and nasty. And I, it's just Matthew Roberts. This it's like the sick inner inner demons of Matthew Roberts psyche coming to light on the page. Uh, You're making me salivate. Uh, it's, it's really good. Um, Roberts is is a, is a beast, and he's I would compare him to uh, Tony Moore for those that aren't familiar with Matthew's work. Uh, he definitely, this is a guy that would definitely fit right at home in a modern EC Comics remake if they were to do one. Uh, it's that kind of, you know, Mad Magazine EC Comics stylistic approach, which I know we're all big fans of. So, uh, this series continues to be phenomenal. I, I don't, I, I hope it sells well. I hope it's well regarded. I, I buy and trade, so I, I don't honestly have any idea if it's like popular or not, but it certainly should be because it's, it's a hell of a creative and, and, uh, beautiful looking book. So. Uh, give it a try. Manifest Destiny. Volume Sweet. 3. Awesome. Well, what do we want to read for next week? Let's triple team next triple week. Triple team? Yes. We're going to do a back issue, right? Is that going to be next week? Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be next. I mean, oh. let's read Let's read a meaty story for okay. next week. All right. You decide. Me? I don't want to. We'll have to take this offline. I don't know. Airboy. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on. Millisecond. No. Come on, Simon. I think we right. need to stay awake for the show. You know what? Hey! Wait, here you go. Listeners, you got like a 24 hour window to, to pop off some ideas to us. Either at our Facebook group, 11 o'clock comics, or, I like or it. on the Twitters, uh, at Vince Bon, Vince B-O-N, at David A. Price, or at J J A Y B Wood, or all of us, I guess preferably. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you got any ideas for what we should read for next week, uh, not saying under any means that we're going to pick one. We may just pick one for ourselves. But but uh, y'all are pretty smart, mofos. So maybe you'll come up with an idea that we vibe on. So this is an opportunity for the lucky those of you who are lucky enough or or smart enough to listen when the episode goes live. Say, oh, you know, yeah, it's usually my weekend listener. I'll get to it in a couple of weeks. Now. If you're one of the first ones to listen to this episode, sure. now's your chance. You can kind of get in where you fit in. And I, I presume there are people that um, have been with us long enough to remember when the forums were very, very active. And we would have all day lengthy discussions about stuff then. And Those uh, were the days. Those were the days. I really did enjoy those days. But forums have kind of gone the way of the dodo bird. It's not just us. It's... Almost all forums really really died down considerably. Uh, so we're we're making moves, not faking moves. The uh, behind the scenes, seeing how the sausage is made, we've got some plans for uh, new ways that we can interact together 
and that we can share stuff with you guys that isn't just this three-hour-long podcast. So stay tuned in the coming weeks for an update on our go-to-market social media strategy. Cool. Vince is taking control. That's right. Bull by the horn. That's right. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us one more time. We hope you will join us again next week. If you liked any part of this uh, Dog and Pony show, please leave us a review somewhere. Tell your friends. Tell your mom, your dad, whatever. Sure, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, all of it. Right. Yeah. Facebooks. Tell people on Facebooks. And as usual, as always... Say goodnight. David. Goodnight. David. I don't know. I could test. I could, I could exact, measure it exactly and see how much it is. Early girly. He's usually right on the mark. It's kind of creepy. The early girly man. Say bye bye. Don't forget that uh, mini original NES is going to be on my wish list for anybody who loves me. Me too. Thirty fucking games, bro. It's cheap for sixty bucks. And what say you? uh, Controller, dude. Come on. Yeah. And and you. How about the people? Can can we we start the Pokemon mm -hmm. Go and just like talk to each other? (laughs) Real. I, you know, I love you so much. I would throw myself in front of a moving train for you, but I gotta say, Pokemon Go, in my example, from my perspective, is the greatest thing in the world. You're fucking out of your mind. No, I'm gonna tell oh, you why. God. And you're gonna be like, okay. My daughter does not socialize. Yeah, so she, d- she does not, go, she does not go out. She, has a sedentary lifestyle where she draws from the moment she gets home till the moment she goes to bed. She has a lot of trouble talking to people. She has issues with motivation. Since this game came out, she goes for walks two, three times a day. She talks to people online. She's, she's enthusiastic about, about life. So I don't care if it's, bringing about the downfall of, <laughs> you know, civilization, it is affecting my daughter profoundly. Well, that's good. And that's I, good and I love it because of that. That's good to hear. Unfortunately, it's going to be a super transient thing. So you think there's no, nothing goes this parabolic in a, in it from a usage standpoint and lasts. So I'm hoping they, they build it into future games. Well, now you're getting on a different topic. If you're getting the idea that, this is showing the the popularity of geolocation and and an AR environment. Then, yeah, I mean, I think that's here to stay. You're gonna you're gonna start seeing lots of apps that overlay on Google Maps and allow you to do things. But right, and if they do do use the geolocation in a future game, I'm off for that too because it's gonna get keep her moving and get her at least to socialize with you know some people because she just doesn't communicate with other human beings. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, again, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the great hear, part guess, of it. But, yeah. You know. Because yeah, she's so damn smart. Let's just, you know, let's just remember that for every Bulbasaur out there, there's a real human being waiting to be talked to. Okay. If you put it that way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
But anyway, this Nintendo classic thing mm-hmm. for the price of a game, thirty games. But the thing, the thing that bothered me was the people that are like, "What? No wireless controller? No, no wireless controller because the original was not wireless." Yeah, I mean it's just an emulator, right, of those original games. It's cool. Yeah, they're ROMs. Cool. They're just yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a hot Christmas item, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's the novelty of it. If I wanted to run any and all of those games the minute we stop recording, I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's a beautiful little NES facsimile that has them all built in with an HDMI controller, yep. plug it in. I mean, it's not a Roku, it's not that advanced. <laughs> but plug the Roku directly into your Betamax or just go to your TV? No, I, I have it in my splitter. Got the so I have the, the kachunk, kachunk, kachunk. Saran wrap and you, you wrap it into the, the, the with the rabbit ears? To connect I it. have to pray. Yeah, first. Okay. I have to make, make a sacrifice right. and an offering. And then, no, yeah. no one has to be on the phone. Yeah, the reason I'm bitter about Pokemon Go is that, uh, the first day it came out, I saw like all kinds of people using it in the city. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is interesting. So I go into my office and I, uh, ask my intern, who's a 19 year old gamer, uh, this kid Tim. I'm like Tim. It's Pokemon Go. I'm like, seems like Pokemon. A, seems like a jump off, dude. I'm like, uh, I'm like, what do you think, man? It might be really good for Nintendo. We should maybe buy some Nintendo stock. And he gives me like this thoughtful, in depth, 45 minute analysis about why it's like terrible and it's not going to catch oh, up. Shit. And then in five days since then, Nintendo stocks up 65. percent Yep. So why didn't you initiate the purchase yourself? I, it's not about the purchase. I would make the purchase. It's that I consulted an in-office expert in the field of gaming, and he well, convinced this guy, me was a bad idea. This guy needs to lose his job then. No, he's an intern. He's a scary kid. He's great. Oh, so he's not getting paid anyway. Oh, no, man. Oh. Nah, listen, I'm giving him proof. I, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but... But, yeah. uh, well, he obviously made the bad call. So I, I would stand be by his analysis. I, I do stand by his analysis, but I think he underestimated uh, the the near term impact on on Nintendo stock. What does he think about this NES? Oh, I don't think class. Ask that. him about that. He don't he don't like NES, and I got no love for him. So he can go. Well, Vince, you got to remember, I mean, this kid is nineteen years old. I don't think NES really? has any nostalgia for him. Welcome. He's all about that, uh, I can't even think of the name, the thing that all the esports guys play. Second Life? No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love this part of the show. Uh, this is the uh, I can't, I don't know the name of it. That, that, that online game that all the e-gamers play for millions of dollars. I don't know what that is. I can't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the name. Millions of dollars? For real? Sure. You know? Huh. No. Dude, it's big money now. Wow. Alright, we're out of here. We've, we've taken enough of your time. Do us a solid. Leave us a review. Come back next week. David says, good night. And we're out of here. <sighs> what? You want to say something else? Bye.
ain't anywhere It just ain't anywhere